Zoran Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. Show this out, show this out, show this out. And, of course, my internet has been acting insane. I don't know if it's because everybody on the planet's off, right? I don't know if there's 10,000 flights in the air. I'm not quite sure, but I do know that um, all day yesterday and today, my internet's been crazy trying to play World of Warcraft and uh, needing as much uh, internet speed and RAM as I can get for what I'm working on. All of a sudden, it was crazy and I was freezing and glitching and and uh, I had to turn everything off on my computer and it was just insane. And then I come on here and everything seems fine until I go live. Now I'm okay. Full signal. Let me get that overlay down there. Right. Sorry, I'm on the wrong screen here to do that. And I so my computer's also being slow. There I am on the screen. For those of you who are on the MP4 file, you can see me there holding a little teeny microphone, which I'll be setting in between the speakers in a moment so that we can hear well. Okay, so we only got into six questions last time, but that happens when uh, really talking about discussing. Let me go back over here so I can see your guys' comments. Peter, welcome from Ireland. Happy Thanksgiving. I know that you guys may not be celebrating Thanksgiving in Ireland because uh, Thanksgiving is an American holiday. But for uh, I know you guys have Boxing Day, right? <laughs> I think that's, you guys have Boxing Day today, right? I think that's what it is. You today or yesterday. That's a UK holiday. Uh, that is, I think it's similar to the uh, uh, Thanksgiving on the same day after Earth. So, uh, oh, so it's Thanksgiving, and what we call over here, this is Thanksgiving is always on the Friday, last Friday in uh, November, or I'm sorry, Thursday of November. Then Friday is um, what is called Black Friday. And the reason that it's called Black Friday, I don't know if it's called Black Friday all around the world, but in America it is. I used to work in retail as retail manager and a regional manager, a district manager in retail. And... Uh, Black Friday is the day, here we are in November, last week in November, it's the day that that retail companies actually go into the black from the red and start making money. All money, 89 to 97, 89 to 93 really, percent of all money made in retail is made from today to, uh, to the December 31st. Not a joke. In a month and about a week's time. And for some uh, companies, a little bit sooner because things go on sale before, prior to, right? So truly, but Black Friday is when they go into the black. They start actually are profitable. They've been losing money all year since January until now. And then that now is when they Actually, you can pay all and uh, employees and all the insurance and everything, shipping and handling and cost for everything, and they're turning a profit from here until the until the end of December. That's it. So that's why retail is so important worldwide. We wouldn't really have any holidays if it wasn't for retail. Retail drives the holidays and keeps people interested in the holidays. Honestly, I mean, some people here in America would would celebrate them anyways. But not around the world. So you guys dry your guys' holidays, whatever you have. Denise, welcome. Whatever holidays you have in your country, if you have any, your retail uh, companies are pushing those because that's how they make their money. They make it off of selling. That's why the Internet was so important. 
selling things worldwide because that man made the manufacturing uh, and sales of things that are outside the United States consumable during retail uh, time period pushing holidays. Uh, so it became very important. I'm not saying you guys didn't have holidays. For a European, you celebrate almost all the same holidays that Americans celebrate because those came here that none of them except for Thanksgiving and the 4th of July were invented in the United States. All other holidays came over, uh, you know, on the Mayflower, came over with, uh, you know, with uh, uh, all the people from Europe. So these are not uh, in something that is exclusive to America. So if you're European, you know what I'm talking about because retail drives all of your holidays too. Uh, unless you have the day in Mexico, they have uh, a couple of different uh, days. Of course, you know, the 5th of May, uh, Cinco de Mayo. Um, sorry, I'm getting here in my, uh, touching my uh, mic and it's uh, folding into my mouth. <laughs> I should shave my mustache or beard a little bit more. Trim it, trim it, right? Okay, so we're, we're on, uh, this is class 16. We're on session 10 and question six. Is where we stop. So into that uh, and and just uh, headlong, just straight into it. It's Black Friday. I don't expect to have a lot of people that are off shopping today. Some of them are coming home now worldwide. If you're in the UK, it's already PM there. It's already late, right? Um, so if not, Casey, welcome. Uh, and if you're here in America, chances are you're getting done with your shopping in your home and you're trying to sit down and eat lunch. You're here. It's four o'clock west. Leftovers from Thanksgiving, which I have a ton. I cooked enough food for 10 people, and it's just my mom and I. I have never learned how to cook for one or two people. I always cook way too much food, even when I try not to. My motto has always been never cook just enough, always cook extra because you can have leftovers and you never know who's going to show up to eat. That's the way I was taught. We were a poor Irish family, and, and you always cooked extra because somebody was more needy so i wasn't sure if i was going to have anybody over so i cooked enough food like i do every year it doesn't matter last year there was three of us and i cooked the same amount of food in fact i cooked a bigger turkey that's just the way it is and then i send food home with everybody you're, you're supposed to do that at least being irish catholic that's what we're supposed to do but if you know, i was truly irish catholic like my grandfather fish on friday fish on friday they did i understand that right those are those things i want to talk about that because uh, that has come up, and uh, like if you're in the here in the chat, returning to the old ways that uh, my buddy Peter, not Peter Coyle, here in the audience today, right now, but Peter GV from South Africa, Wayne, welcome. Um, he had uh, he had created that, and we were kind of talking about tradition uh, in religion because of a a a post that he posted of a person that I had to get a guest on my show several times that was talking about that. And um, they brought up, just like I'm always harping on the Anunnaki, because now the Anunnaki since 2012 has become an entire species uh, because uh, Giorgio Tsoukalos uh, took the liberty in the Ancient Aliens television program to change the wrongfully translated Zachariah Stitchin uh, wording. But Zachariah Stitchin had translated the Dead Sea Scrolls uh, to uh, Anunnaki as, um, as uh, two words. Or three words, Anu, Na, and Ki, because he knew the Akkadian word Anu was a god. So he assumed 
that the Mesopotamian word Anu was the Anu Na, which was, or the Anu, uh, and then the word Na and Ki. He understood, he figured out the word Ki, which meant comes. And then he said, well, it must be the God uh, uh, Anu came from That's what they're trying. Truth, uh, internet, sorry, issues, and I just uh, buffed on you guys there for a second. I apologize. I'm not sure why. I mean, like I told you before, I live between four uh, aircraft bases, two of which are international and two of which are military, uh, literally within, uh, I guess, seven miles of where I'm at on three sides uh, of me, south, north, and west not a joke. Uh, for some reason, I always move to areas where there are international airports and military bases my entire life. I have yet, I have never lived in an area further than three miles away from a military base in my entire life, no matter where I've lived. Isn't that insane? That's just the, the nature of the beast. I don't want to get involved in that. That's a whole other conversation about about the military and all that crazy stuff. So how things change uh, in, in history is uh, sometimes um, to, to those of us was a little annoying, like the progression of Anunnaki went from wrongfully translated because the actual translation was Anuna was one word and the other word was key. Uh, that's the actual, if you get a scholar who actually understands and has studied the Mesopotamian uh, cuneiform uh, and in depth, and they actually are fluent, they'll tell you it's not Anu, Na, Ki, three words. And it's not the god Anu from the Akkadian, which was uh, a group of people who lived, uh, Greeks, as a matter of fact, who lived east of Mesopotamia at the time, or north, really northeast. Because uh, they owned all of the known world going across for the southern portion. It's what we now know as Sumer or Mesopotamia. So that translation uh, was wrongfully figured out after 1948 when they found them by Zachariah Stitchin. And then, uh, so it came out, the god Anu came from heaven to the earth. And then in 2012, Giorgio Sukalos, in his wisdom, and of course trying to point uh, that there is, in fact, aliens changed the translation on one of the episodes and said that it meant those from the heavens came, meaning more than one, not the God, Anu, but now an entire race of people came and the words meant those from the heaven came. And since 2012, those words, Anunnaki, have now represented a race of people named the Anunnaki. Somehow that morphed into that. And the reason that I bring that up is it was in the chat. And I talked about it in there earlier today. But, uh, however, that is akin to, and I say this all the time, the way that people who are uneducated see things, this is why the Bibles, even though that they've been tinkered with, uh, have in the Bible, which was supposed to be that way, uh, do not change this narrative in any way. Copy it word for word, letter for letter. Otherwise, God will get angry with you. And, of course, there were no consequences because that was never written by God. So people just changed the words. Uh, I did a study on this, being a theologian. I did a study on this years ago. I didn't publish it. I should have. I may do a, do a whole discussion about it. But I, I 
did a comparison, sat down with Bibles from different uh, time periods, published hundreds of years apart. And then the New American uh, uh, Bible, uh, which is written by the uh, New American Roman Catholics, and, uh, and talked about how they changed what the meant and what the content meant in many places in the Bible. And that's, that's where you have humans. That's why I'm bringing that up because it has law of one there goes my latency again i'm going to apologize again in advance because it's black friday i don't know if it's because of everybody being on the internet or i don't know what sunspots i just know that for whatever reason um i'm having serious issues today being on the air so i apologize if i if i crash or whatever i it, literally i'm paying for and i've said this before i'm paying for the second fastest internet speed you can have as a civilian on this planet not a joke i've looked it up and i've tried to find faster there isn't any uh and i'm already paying uh 210 a month to have not just this internet but i have cable and phone hooked up to it i'm gonna have to upgrade it i think to the fastest it still doesn't do me any good if it keeps cutting out okay so all of that i say all of that because without education people that uh, will morph things but it happens in the human psyche anyways where people embellish a little bit to try and make a story sound better so that's where we get the grapevine what we call the grapevine where one story starts they did that in the movie johnny dangerously and they did it as a you know it's a movie comedy and johnny was in jail and they were saying tell johnny this and it started out with um maroney's going to try and whack your brother at the uh at the gala tonight or at the theater at the theater tonight by the time it got to johnny it was it was something completely insane right that uh maroney's grandmother is baking a pie uh at uh, tomorrow at seven and he hated it to the guy and then he said oh they're gonna try and whack my brother at the theater tonight at the savoy theater they're gonna try and whack my brother at the savoy theater tonight and he says no that's not what i said he goes, oh, yeah i know this grapevine so that was what was hilarious about that so people uh, change things, right, uh, sometimes to embellish, and then other times uh, for nefarious reasons, like Giorgio Sucolos did when he was trying to prove a point of, of aliens being everywhere, right? Not that I, I am against that, but I have the largest, I created Ancient Aliens Worldwide on Facebook, and it is currently the largest ancient aliens platform on the face of the earth other than MUFON's website. Okay, and it's still there, and there's almost 300,000 members in that that contribute to it daily. And I have an entire staff of people who run it for me. I don't do anything uh, there anymore, but I, it used to be a think tank that went global and turned into an information highway for uh, people investigating uh, UFOs and aliens and alien contact in, uh, in history and throughout, throughout history. Okay, so things change, uh, and people who are not educated change things for instance during world war ii i've talked about this you have those people uh, when the americans were island hopping and setting up airstrips so that they could fight the japanese out in the pacific ocean after the japanese bombed pearl harbor they went uh, to a few islands and one of which uh, was occupied by natives who had never seen 
anyone outside of their island in probably their memory or even their storylines. So when the Americans showed up with airplanes and built an airfield and were taking off and landing and taking off and landing, then they left when the war was over and left the airstrip there. The natives, who were human beings, who were living there today, this was 1947, built out of bamboo, built a replica of a fighter aircraft prop plane that they used in the World War II and put it on the runway in hopes that they could entice the gods to return because they believed they were gods because they had a technology of everything, fire and uh, able to create fire at will and had guns and, and aircraft and all this stuff. So it's not too far-fetched even in the modern day that people who have never seen a thing would, would believe that there are gods there and they just say, oh my, you know, oh, God is angry with us. That was the, the you know, the, the deluge. There was a flood that was caused by a tidal wave, which was, ca which, uh, was caused by the uh, ice age ending and one of the glaciers breaking and a bunch of water being behind the glacier that had melted, broke loose and raised the, the water uh, um, table, the, the, the uh, ocean by more than a hundred feet in almost instantaneously. This is uh, documented in history. I'm not making this up. Okay, so it was 50 to 100 feet. They, they imagine that it happened so quickly that most civilizations died. Why? Because we build on the coast almost exclusively. And once the coast is filled, we start building more inland. But we build on the coast of everywhere we are. Humans do that because they can farm and fish right near the coast. And it's always rich and for So we'll migrate to a place that they don't have after like a desert where they don't have to cultivate it even much at all unless they can figure out how to live there like we have uh, since however things change and people see things when cortez showed up uh, on, in south america they thought he was a god and he let them believe that for a while so my point is that there is that is as much of what's going on again this goes back to what we talked about last week or listening to the show on the MP3 broadcast or here on the MP4 broadcast, that uh, that uh, going back to the Jedi, uh, uh, you know, movies with uh, with uh, Obi Wan talking to Luke when Obi Wan had passed, he said Luke would think, you know, you have to realize that all the truths we cling to are directly related to a certain point of view. So as a scientist, one has to be very objective about reality and not subjective, and this is what. The, one of the major overtones in the law of one is trying to teach the knowledge of is to be objective and not subjective and to and to realize that. And that's why you'll hear me say over and over and over, the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. That is that is the trap, okay? The trap is believing that someone says uh, something to you as the gospel without ever checking. And even when you teach you're supposed to check, double check, triple check, and you're supposed to come at it from different angles. So that's why whenever somebody says something on the Internet and someone says, well, I fact check that, and if it has to do with that religion that is nefariousness, I'm sorry, politics, if it has to do with business, politics, or, or the like, if you check the fact checkers and who the company is, you're going to find that 99% of the fact checkers are paid for by one side or the other one, whatever you're, whether you're a, a a conservative, whatever that's called in your country, 
right? Whatever that's called in your country, because they have to change the names of them. It's the Labour Party is one in the UK, right? It's not the Progressive Party. It's not the, in fact, the Labour is the, is the Conservative Party. Don't quote me. Don't send hate mail because I got that backwards. I'm in America, so I don't know that for sure, right? The name of that. But I do know that, that now that those two parties are the ones who leverage themselves into there's hardly any other place unless it's a dictate a system that uh, that is that is supposedly free okay and all of what's going on is directly related to your point of view okay so you have to think outside your own box this is the majority of what what the teachings of the law of one are trying to focus on not just everything else of of this is the laws which we also will get into right uh, and, and the, the universe together was set down and created by the creator of the universe. But you're supposed to uh, think outside the box and don't take anything for granted. If somebody says something to you, always be be questioning, question everything, because people, the the evil people, corrupt all knowledge. Nefariousness corrupts all knowledge always to their advantage. And that is what happened, and that's what Raw, what they're coming through to tell us was that they or were a part of that, where they gave us knowledge. They didn't give you and me knowledge, but they gave knowledge to the Egyptians. And that knowledge was taken and used nefariously, and not just there, but around the world. And, and the knowledge was spread around the world because they didn't realize that those who had taken over the kingdom of Egypt were descendants from The Lucifer were from Atlantis, who were here, and uh, during the time when the uh, deluge happened, when they were trying to wipe out population. I'm not going to go into that either because we did go into, but I am to uh, continue with the questioning because at this point I think we're still talking about. I'll have to check. Um, I think we're still talking about the uh, Muldek and the uh, uh, and the alliances, the different uh, federations, right? So let's go ahead and get into that. But I wanted to point out in your mind, because you're going to see as we go, that uh, without objectivity, and I don't mean like objective reality of, of ideology that way. I'm talking about being objective in your reasoning. You have to question everything. And uh, that gives you a, a clearer uh, mind if you don't take anything for granted. That was what was being taught literally in the commercial, we will literally during the trailer the very first trailer they had out for that previews you heard the, the wizardists say in fact they even had a voiceover by someone else one of the other actors say you have to unlearn everything that you have learned and that is the truth to this reality and uh and breaking free from this reality in a spiritual sense is to you have to realize its existence. So you have to realize you're in a trap, and it's a trap of the mind. This is not a penal colony where you have aliens parked outside of our solar system or our planet, and they're throwing souls at our, at our planet that they want to incarcerate. That was also made up. That was made up by nefarious people. Um, in fact, it was made up by the Orion Crusaders, who Raw is warning about in the Law of One, that came here that got us stuck. Okay. Uh, and uh, tell, they tell a little truth 
with many lies. They tell you the little bit of truth that this is a, a prison, but it's not a prison in the 3D reality sense created by 3D reality beings. It is, in fact, a, a puzzle for children's souls to, to actually graduate from that was created by the creator of the universe. And that is what Ra is trying to explain uh, as well. Okay. Because the happening of its existence, Ra is saying the trap is there, but it's a trap of the mind. And everybody in history was saying the same thing. I've referred to, I've referred to the Eagles in Hotel California. We're all just here. We're all just prisoners here of our own device. That whole song is about being stuck and being trapped. And they use the vernacular uh, of California's debauchery and way of life as the prison, because that way of life, living the fast life, drugs, alcohol, sex, drugs, rock and roll, that entire debauchery is the ego. That is the trap of the ego that the ego is trying to keep you in by giving you uh, instant gratification. And if you look around the world now, you can see, if you're paying attention, those who have the mind to, to, to know, those who have the ears to see and the eyes to see, or the ears to hear and the eyes to see, I should say, quoting the Bible. Uh, you, uh, you at that point would realize that that the internet itself, the television, the news, uh, and is nefarious. Not in not entirely 100 percent, but 50 percent. The problem is we pay more attention to nefariousness than we do to the opposite. Okay, because it saves our lives to be not not just skeptical, but a look around and try and find negatives. Right when the guys was about this before we've made one thing is wow look at that sunrise oh my god that's so pretty off the lake over there the first thing you do is you walk out and you're looking around is there an animal here or another human that's going to kill me so you're looking for negative before the positive you're you're not you're not even looking at the positive because you're too busy looking past the positive to find a negative and once you find that that's not there then you then you relax a little bit and go okay i have to start my day now i have business to and two, I got to go home, fish, trap, whatever, get some food, get some water, get some firewood, bring it back to the cave, feed my family. And by the time you do all that, you didn't have time to stop and smell the roses. And then uh, society changed and the world changed and we had more time to do that. The problem is once that started, then the nefariousness uh, in people's attitudes took control of that and went to the hilt with it. That was when the whole... I idea of the word uh, you know that that is capitalism which the word capitalize is the word that it means capitalize to capitalize it, capitalism and, and got you to understand and believe that the word capitalism actually means free trade for anybody and everybody has equal opportunity which is a lie and that's not what it means it only means that if you believe that it means that just like money system if you have a paper hand on the planet the only reason that, that has any value is because you believe that it does and everybody else does so when they say that's going to cost you uh, you know three euros for a loaf of bread or 10 euros for a loaf of bread or five dollars for a loaf of bread or five euros for a loaf of bread you hand that to them because you agree that that's what that bread is worth not that that bread is actually worth that paper money at all that paper money represents nothing that's the reality that you 
and that everybody in history, if you look at the Tao Te Ching, which is means the Book of the Way by Lao Chi, he said that in there. You look at the Buddha, which was at the same time, somewhere 603 to 607 BCE in China. Both of those men came up with their philosophical uh, ways of thought literally at the same time, literally. They were different people in, in different provinces. One was the prince. The Buddha was the prince. And, uh, and an obscure philosopher was, in fact, Lao Chi. Uh, who are now both very, very, you know, prominent in the world more than 2,000 years after their demise. But they're not the only ones. And throughout history, there's examples everywhere where people had realized this, and they're trying to see back then. Lao Chi really said, the person who uh, can realize that this is an illusion and create your own illusion, I'm paraphrasing now, this is not verbatim, create your own illusion and live in that illusion will find their way to heaven. Okay, and that's paraphrasing, but it's almost verbatim. You can look that up. I have a quote on my phone. I'm not going to look it up. Okay, so so this is what uh, what one of the lessons that are being uh, will be discussed as we go. So I want to get that prefaced in your minds so that when we go forward here, that's a little bit different than had I not said that. And if you're here for the first time and you're going to hear a lot of the stuff that's going to be talked about, it may not ring true as much as it would if you're being a little more objective. So I'm trying to put you in the mindset now and then run through instead of trying to catch up as we go. All right. So I'm going to take myself off the screen here. Full screen can actually uh, see this. Yeah, my computer's lagging even for me a little bit. So you guys can actually see this here on uh, MP3 broadcast. You can't see the words anyway. You just have to listen to it. I will be watching the chat. So if you're anywhere that's on an MP3, in fact, I'm on Facebook exclusively. Uh, I didn't uh, do it on YouTube this time because I want to make sure and hopefully all of the chats come in here. For some reason, Facebook, when I have multiple uh, links to Facebook, I get one or two of the chats from that link into here. So if you have questions and I don't get to them or I don't seem to and, and ask me, can you see what I'm saying? If I don't answer you, it's not because I'm ignoring you. I can't see you. So I, I it's on. It's live on uh, Orion Rising, the page. It's live on my uh, personal page, right? Leonard O'Neill, my, my uh, wall. And it's also live on uh, Psychic uh, Reading and Development, uh, the group that Peter and I have created. So I want you guys to, to, you know, if you say hi and I don't answer, I apologize because I can't see you. Find out which one that you're on and then and find out which one everybody else is on that I can see you on. It's one of those three. So now it's not a choice of YouTube and Facebook. It's just on Facebook because I'm trying to figure out why Facebook does that, even though they have permission for the chats. And all of the chats are supposed to go into one chat anyway. So if, if I have to, I will post the, the video to go live uh, only on one place on Facebook like I used to do and set the key for it and then take that and link it to everybody else because then all the chats come back to that one, which comes back here. That's what I have to do. Then I know that I can go live to other places and go live on Facebook in one place and then share it out while the song's starting in the beginning and uh, have you guys share that out as well and share it out ahead of time. Uh, and I can get more people into the single chat that will come into here. That's been the problem that we've had. All right. So, and uh, so, yeah, Casey says, I totally get it. And yes, thank you. I had a wonderful and beautiful day. Good. Great. I'd like to hear that. Okay. So let's 
go ahead and I had a great holiday, by the way, for those of you who are asking, because Casey did ask, and she was talking to Julie, too. She said hi to Julie. And I didn't say hi to Julie, so hi, hi Julie. I didn't see you there until I saw that Casey said hi to you. I apologize. Okay, so if you're in the chat, say hello so I know you're here. And if I don't call out your name literally right now, then that's because I didn't see your name, which means you're in a chat that, for whatever reason, is not coming back to StreamYard, which is annoying to me, right? And and uh, you, you guys have to figure out where, where because one of my sister was watching it. She said, I was asking questions. I was there with a few people, and you couldn't see our questions or even me saying hi. I'm like, yeah, that's happened. Unfortunately, and I haven't figured out why Facebook does that, but it's they're the only place that does that. They go multiple channels on Facebook. They don't all filter back to here. I don't know why. I know that it, one is a group, one is my uh, a personal uh, a page, and one is a is a uh, is a page. Maybe that's why I don't know. All right, let's go ahead and start here. So I'm going to go ahead and we're on questions. Session ten question we ended last time, so I'm going to start right there again. Okay, so here we go. Ten point six questioner. Then our present race is formed of a few who originally came from Maldek and quite a few who came from Mars. Are there entities here from other places? In the creation, for when there is a cycle change, those who must repeat then find a planetary sphere appropriate for this repetition. It is somewhat unusual for a planetary mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complex to contain those from many, many, various loci, but this explains much, for, you see, you are experiencing the third-dimensional occurrence with a large number of those who must repeat the cycle. The orientation, thus, has been difficult to unify even with the aid of many of your teach-slash-learners. 10.7 Questioner, when Maldek was destroyed, did all people of Maldek have the problem or were some advanced enough to transfer to other planets? Ra, I am Ra. In the occurrence of planetary dissolution none escaped, for this is an action which redounds to the social complex of the planetary complexity. None escaped. Sorry, the latency was uh, cutting out again, so I paused it because it, the, my internet went down to one bar again for whatever reason. Um, military plane flew nearby. I'm not quite sure, but I paused it because I'm sure that it was cutting out from the question for you, you guys. It, it was buffing on my screen, so I'm sure that happened to you guys, right? So I paused it there. So I'm going to go ahead and, and um, let me go back over here and look at it. I'll reread the question here. All right, so the question... 10.8 uh, questioner, is there any danger of this happening on Earth at this time? Talking about um, the the uh, uh, planetary complex disillusion, he says, "Raw, I am raw." In the current, in the in the occurrence of a planetary disillusion, none none escape. For this is an actual uh, or an action which renowns uh, to the social complex, the planetary complex itself. Uh, this is what happened to the people of Moldex. So he says, is there any pro any chance of that happening here? So let me go ahead and continue, all right? Ra, I am Ra. We feel this evaluation of your planetary mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complex's so-called future may be less than harmless. We say only the conditions of mind exist for such development of technology and such deployment. 
It is the distortion of our vision slash understanding that the mind and spirit complexes of those of your people need orientation rather than a toys needing dismantlement, for are not all things that exist part of the Creator? Therefore, freely to choose is your honor slash duty. 10.9 Questioner When a graduation occurs and an entity or entities move at the end of a cycle from one planet to another, by what means do they go from one planet to the other? Ra, I am Ra. In the scheme of the Creator, the first step of the mind-slash-body-slash-spirit-totality-slash-beingness is to place its mind-slash-body-slash-spirit-complex distortion in a proper place of love-slash-light. This is done to ensure proper healing of the complex and eventual attunement with the totality-slash-beingness-complex. This takes a very variable length of your time-slash-space. After this is accomplished the experience of the cycle is dissolved and filtered until only the distillation of distortions in its pure form remains. At this time, the harvested mind-slash-body-slash-spirit-totality-slash-beingness evaluates the density needs of its beingness and chooses the more appropriate new environment for either a repetition of the cycle or a moving forward into the next cycle. This is the manner of the harvesting, guarded, and watched over by many. 10.10 Okay, so there's the explanation. Hold on. I dropped the little pad that goes on the microphone. I apologize. The little puppy thing. Hold on, I got to grab it. So it cut out there for a second. Obviously, you probably saw that on your screen where there was this pause if you weren't on the uh, MP4 um, file there. But hold on, Pamela, I'm going to answer that. Okay, so... So Pam says, Pamela says, hmm, the harvest mind? Yes. Okay. The reference there is to the for to the entire process. Okay. Uh, explaining what happens when either the cycle ends or uh, you as a person, say Pamela will use you as the example, when you die in this life, right? This is this is what is uh, ref, what he's referring to. What they when I say he, I always use that wrong vernacular. Raw they uh, are referring to individually and collectively as the race of beings on this planet, but individually first, but also collectively. You have your individual uh, um, experiences that you learn. And all the different things that were set down by you and your guides for you to learn in each lifetime. You have a set of things that we're supposed to learn, just like, uh, and, and we. This is why I always thought referred to the microcosm to the macrocosm. Uh, we here, uh, if you're in America or anywhere in Europe, the the structure of educational system is the same educational structure, in a sense to the spiritual educational system. Everything that we do reflects, that's the, the microcosm to the macrocosm, everything that we do in the third dimensional reality reflects the spiritual reality, whether we realize it or not. And it's all set up that way. 
so that you actually transition your mind is supposed to transition from the physical to this to the uh, spiritual by going internal okay and then you make decisions from there so let's so let's look at that so when you're born you're living with your parents and they are the ones that are taking care of you and teaching you until you can start taking care of yourself and then they're supposed to be teaching you how to take care of yourself and how to live in this third dimensional world and they're also supposed to be teaching you uh, how to transition into a spiritual way in this third dimensional world. The problem is that all that information has been eradicated from our teachings almost exclusively, but they can't get rid of it all entirely because of free will, which is one of the laws set down by the creator so that there can't be a place where people will outlaw that completely because people are, are uh, have free will, even if you try to pound it out of them then they will go underground and hide it and they'll still do it okay so so the what happens is uh when you are going through your life uh in in, in what you're talking about here so, so let's go to the spiritual level because it's just like you go up from grade zero kindergarten into first grade all the way into 12th grade which everything is there's that 12 number again but then you graduate from that into intermediate school and then eventually into college and you start back at the lowest level in college and then you get a degree the same thing goes for your education uh in spirituality there you you're learning general education as a child so you learn a little bit of wisdom you learn a little bit of history you learn a little bit of love you learn a little bit of compassion you learn so what we're doing here as a human uh, species or any third dimensional species spiritually is that we're learning right and there goes my internet again so it's kicking the i don't know why that kicks the program off i don't know if it's just the well the program's not crashing so it's just the it's just the visual uh, disappears off the screen because uh, uh stream having a problem because of my uh, latency now it's back to normal so i apologize for that cutting out there and the microphone probably cut out as well so that's what's going on. And then once you pass, you go to the place of reflection. First, you go to the place of healing if you need that. Even as a spirit, sometimes uh, things happen and you have to reorient. That's why, or, or you know, orientate, pardon my language. Uh, and that's why you have um, people asking questions, asking psychics about their loved ones that have just crossed over. And most of the time, a psychic will tell you it takes about 30 days for them to really settle in because they have to go to the place of healing then go to the place of reflection and they're so busy that there is no contact with uh, the people they departed from because you're, you're really focusing on getting acclimated to being crossed over and get all your thoughts back in order and what you're supposed to do then you got to look at everything that you did in your lifetime and figure out if uh, if you need to continue and recycle this is what Ra's referring to here and then you uh, decide what it is what is it that i still need to learn and then instead of just coming back to the place where you didn't learn it uh, the last time, then you look at what's a more appropriate place. Is there uh, somewhere nearby a more appropriate college that I can go to that I'll get I'll better learn this one particular thing, be it piety, be it spirituality in general, be it, um, you know, being a victim or, or hatred or jealousy or love or wisdom, whatever it is, or maybe 
uh, you have five or six things you still need to learn a little bit about, but you're not getting it and you've tried it four or five times on this planet or three times or two times on this planet and you're not getting it in different places on the earth becoming coming through as a different uh, in a different uh, uh, body with a different background and uh, maybe Chinese one time and Japanese once and Filipino once and American once and European once or Russian once or whatever uh, African and it just didn't work out then you would look at a more appropriate planet and you would go to that one and once you got mind wiped you wouldn't know that it happened anyways you'd be born into a little body as a little baby whatever be it human or lizard or gray or whatever else is out there, uh, a rock, a tree, whatever is sentient in third dimension, not two-dimensional, but aware, self-aware. And then you would go through your life and do the same thing again, and you would have uh, all the opportunities to learn the things that you're supposed to learn. That is what is being, uh, what that entire paragraph was uh, stating to Dawn, the questioner, and to all of us as to how that function works in general without being specific about what you would learn or where you would be at or anything like that. Okay, so um, it looks like that that helped, right? Because you put in there, K. Yep, I get it. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so let's continue then, right? Questioner, when the entity is moved from one planet to the next, is he moved in thought or in a vehicle? Ra, I am Ra. The mind slash body slash spirit totality slash beingness is one with the creator. There is no time slash space distortion. Therefore, it is a matter of thinking the proper locus in the infinite array of time slash spaces. 10.11 Questioner. While an entity is incarnate in this third density at this time, he may either learn without consciously knowing what he is doing, or he may learn after he is consciously aware that he is learning in the ways of the law of one. The second way, it is possible for the entity to greatly accelerate his growth. Is not this correct? Ra, I am Ra. This is correct. 10.12 Questioner, then although many entities are not aware of this, what they really desire is to accelerate their growth. And it is their job to discover this while incarnate. Is it correct that they can accelerate their growth? growth much more while incarnate in third density than in between entity. Ra, I am Ra. This is correct. We shall attempt to speak upon this concept. The law of one has as one of its primal distortions the free will distortion, thus each entity is free to accept, reject, or ignore the mind slash body slash spirit complexes about it and ignore the creation itself. There are many among your social memory complex distortion who, at this time slash space, engage daily, as you would put it, in the working upon the law of one in one of its primal distortions, that is, the ways of love. However, if this same entity, being biased from the depths of its mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complex towards love-slash-light, were then to accept responsibility for each moment of the time-slash-space accumulation of present moments available to it, such an entity can empower its progress in much the same way as we described the empowering of the call of your social complex to the confederation right it paused it for a second because it was cutting out i'm sure again latency problems with my internet deciding to not work properly so now it's back so I'll
continue. I apologize if it did cut out. I don't know how much in my screen the computer program actually disappears off the screen. And in doing so, I'm, I'm just assuming you guys can't hear it, right? So the question there was uh, question 10.13, right? So session 10, question 13. Um, would you state that a little differently about uh, how you empower this call, right? Because Ross said the law of one, the law of one has one of its primal distortions, or has as one of its primal distortions, the free will distortion. Thus, entities uh, and an entity is free to accept, reject, or ignore the mind slash body slash spirit complexes about it and ignore the creation itself. There are many among your social memory complex distortions who, at this time, space, uh, uh, engage daily, as you would put it, and the workings upon the law of one in one of its primal distortions. That is, at least, uh, let me check the um, latency over here. Good, I'm still good. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, what, am I reading this and, then, and I'm frozen? Okay. So, let's see, where was I? Um, distortions, that is the way of love, however, if this same entity in uh, being biased of the depths uh, of the mind-body-spirit complex towards love and light were then to accept responsibility for each moment of the time-space acclimation of present moments available to it, such an entity could empower its progress in much the same way as we describe the empowering, or empowering of the call of your social complex distortion to the confederation. Okay. So then he asked, can you put that a little bit differently uh, about the empowering this call? And Rod's about to answer that. I am Rod. We understand you to speak now of our previous information. The call begins with one. This call is equal to infinity and is not, as you would say, counted. It is the cornerstone. The second call is added. The third call empowers or doubles the second, and so forth. Each additional caller doubling or granting power to all the preceding call. Thus, the call of many of your peoples is many, many word, and overwhelmingly heard to the infinite reaches of the one creation. 10.14 Questioner, for general development of the reader of this book, could you state some of the practices or exercises to perform to produce an acceleration toward the law of one? Ra, I am Ra. Exercise 1. This is the most nearly centered and usable within your illusion complex. The moment contains love. That is the lesson slash goal of this illusion or density. The exercise is to consciously seek that love in awareness and understanding distortions. The first attempt is the cornerstone. Upon this choosing rests the remainder of the life experience of an entity. The second seeking of love within a moment begins the addition. The third seeking powers the second, the fourth powering or doubling the third. As with the previous type of empowerment, there will be some loss of power due to flaws within the seeking in the distortion of insincerity. However, the conscious statement of self to self of the desire to seek love is so central and actable that, as before, the loss of power due to this friction is inconsequential. Exercise 2. The universe is one being. When a mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complex views another mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complex, see the creator. This is an helpful exercise. Exercise 3. Gaze within a mirror. 
See the Creator. Exercise 4. Gaze at the creation which lies about the mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complex of each entity. See the Creator. The foundation or prerequisite of these exercises is a predilection towards what may be called meditation, contemplation, or prayer. With this attitude, these exercises can be processed. Without it, the data will not sink down into the roots of the tree of mind, thus enabling and ennobling the body and touching the spirit. Okay, so, getting back to everything I prefaced this session with, and the explanation of how lack of education, people then tend to jump to conclusions and make assumptions, and that changing or in that changing uh, the story because all of what we seek and all the truths we cling to are directly related to a certain point, each is ours. And only through our experiences do we make decisions. And through our individual experiences, decisions are made individually and exclusively to each one of us. Okay. And the explanation of, of uh, say, the four steps that, that Ra is talking about here in this session is pretty, is pretty big if you think about it, right? What is it that you're here to do and, and to always keep in the back of your mind, I am one. I am the creator, and, and you're a reflection of me. I am a reflection of you. We are the creator. So if you are in service to others and not in service to self, you will not be nefarious when you see other people and you won't look at them. And this is what the practice is, is helping you with. And this is the first step in avoiding the trap is knowing of its existence. The trap is the ego. And the ego wants you to think about yourself. So when you see other people, the first thing you do with egoic thought, self-serving thought, is uh, to be self-serving in some way. Right? Well, yes, right. Let's let's go back and look at that. Let me rewind it here. We can look at that. Okay. So, Casey asked the question. She said, "So the first, the first one, right? Exercise one. Let me reread it right here. It's on the screen. This is the most nearly centered and usable within your illusion complex. Right. The moment contains love. Now that's very key. Right. So I'm, I love Casey when you do this. I love when you're here because I'm sure that you're leading me on purpose. You're like that helper in the class that goes, teacher, why is that? When you already know the answer, but you want to say that so that the teacher can, can then move forward, right? So you're actually being that teacher's aide. You're being another teacher that's sitting there and helping me teach, right? <laughs> By asking the appropriate questions to make sure that we go back, because you literally started with question number one, right? Or, the, or, or exercise number one. Okay, so the moment contains love, moment. So you have to realize not just the universe, not just everything you perceive. Literally, every moment contains love because every moment was created by the creator, and the creator creates everything through love. That is the logos. Logos means love. And even in the in the modern Judeo-Christian Bible, it says that the word of God created uh, the the uh, universe, and the word in, in the, the farthest back we can find that translation is a Greek translation, and they use the word logos. And that literally means love. Okay, so the word of God, and that what was that word? The word was love. So every moment contains love. The moment contains love. Direct quote. Okay, that is the 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 lesson slash goal of this illusion or density. 
okay? The exercise is to consciously seek that love in awareness and understanding distortions. Distortions mean every possible scenario, right? A distortion or distortions, multiple, plural, distortions. Every distortion is unique and individual, right? Maybe I should have given all the definition of all these terms to begin with. But a distortion is something that is individual and, and different from the normal and it is individual and, and, and it is different completely. So when you have distortions, that's multiple. That means that you have, uh, everybody has their own, right? So uh, the experience is unique to each one of us. So we need to understand that, right? The experience, the exercise is to consciously seek that love. And what is that love? That love of creation, that love of, of uh, infinite or infinity, the love of infinite wisdom, the love of what? Me, you, the, the creator. Right. So seek seek that love in awareness and understanding of distortions. So to realize the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. Also to realize that every single person, that's why the other exercises, when you see someone else, you're, you should be seeing the creator. When you look in the mirror, see the creator. So in everything that you look at, be aware that that is, in fact, the creator. If you are in service to others, this is a great exercise. And all these exercises, one two, three, and four, because they're teaching you that uh, this is, hi, Jen, welcome. I was on the other screen, so I didn't see that you were there, right? So weird how I didn't get a notification for this. I apologize for that. I'm not sure why. Um, I'm not sure why you didn't, but it reminded me, I actually said I was going to go live, uh, and, and you know, on the um, uh, Orion Rising page, uh, just in the me setting up the classes, and it actually gave me a thing, don't forget to go live at 4 p.m. Right. Um, but I didn't set the key. I'm going to start doing that. I talked about that before, Jen. I'm going to start setting the key. And then that way, if you guys give a, uh, tell the, the page, if you go to the page and say, give me the reminder, I'm going to start setting the key again in there so that it actually does remind every single person who said they were going to go and attend. I'm going to start doing that again because it doesn't seem to be working unless I do specifically that. Right. Okay. So, um, so let's continue right here. So, the, so there are, um, let's see, where, where are we here? We're on exercise one. I apologize. Okay, so the seeking of the love within the moment. No, I went, I skipped ahead, didn't I? The first attempt, right, because understanding the, the distortions. The first attempt is the cornerstone, right? So the first attempt to do so is the cornerstone that sets the example for you when you do this for everything else, and it gives you a place to start from. So the first example, right, the first attempt is the cornerstone upon this choosing rests the remainder of the life experience of an entity okay so how you start out is very important because it, that's where your uh, uh, everything is based on so the beginning of your experience is the the your point of view do you understand so how you start your life who you're born to who you're born as how your life begins is what you set down it's not random God doesn't do this to you, okay? That's what uh, everybody else, uh, all other, all religions, almost exclusively religions, have been corrupted to take away any of uh, any existence being anything that you have done and created for yourself. They immediately pull that away from you and point to some uh, uh, hidden, never seen, never heard from deity figure they call a God, right? And then they point out to you 
that, that God never answers you and therefore can't be real because there's nothing tangible and God is doing all this bad, hideous shit to you. That is nefarious ego that has corrupted the religions into a guilt-based religion. And then it's this creator that's in charge that is do as I say, not as I do, because this creator over and over, the first thing they do is show you this creator is human by making this creator murder people in their name when they are obviously, to anyone who's more than uh, 10 years old, realizes that this creator is, is uh, killing people that don't even have a, 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 you know, a dog in the hunt so to speak. They haven't lived enough to actually commit the sin like Sodom and Gomorrah, right? They, they talk about God killed everybody in Sodom and Gomorrah because everybody was wicked. And this is what the, the judgment was, that even the ones who were babies. So everything, all animals, all living uh, things in Sodom and Gomorrah, according to the Western Judeo-Christian Bible, were so hideous that they all needed to be destroyed. Even those people who were just born a second before the destruction, they were evil too in the mind of God. This, it, whether you're a child or an adult, paints a negative picture of that person who is supposed to be the creator, who's supposed to be all-knowing, all-loving, all-caring. Those are key words that they tell you. All-knowing, all-loving, all-caring. So if I'm all-knowing, I love everyone no matter what they do, and I care for everything no matter what they do, why would I then... Because I created them and gave them free will, and they just d decided not to, uh, in, in my mind and in the story, they decided not to live their life exactly the way I wanted them to when I gave them free will, which is weird, right? You give somebody free will, then get pissed off at them because they exercise that free will and get a little willy-nilly and have fun and get crazy, right? So why would you give them free will? If you're all-knowing, you would know, and this is the problem, okay? If I'm all-knowing, I would know that if I gave them free will, they're going to debauch themselves, but I'm surprised and pissed off that they did so and I have to murder everyone. That suggests whether you're an adult or a child, it doesn't matter, that it suggests to the egoic mind or to the person who is not even thinking about it in a subconscious fashion, that suggests that God isn't really all-knowing, all-caring, all-loving, because if in fact this God was then this God would already know what these people were going to do before giving them the free will. And, or, let's say the God didn't know that. Now it suggests that the God doesn't know what he or she is talking about. But then, to, well, we didn't give them free will, and they turned against us. You're all knowing. You should know that they were going to do that. You created them. So you got to, you created created every aspect of them. So that you created that which in them is going to, corrupt that possibility so you tempted them it's your fault as the creator if that in fact scenario is really happening either way that shows the creator itself is flawed so the entire mindset of these western judeo and most bibles because most are based on uh the hebrew uh, uh uh bible which was the you know from moses which was uh, based on the mesopotamian and the Egyptian combined with the Arcadian and a couple others. I'm not going to get involved in that right now. I should write an entire book about that. People tell me I should do that. I'm a theologian, so I've compared all those. But even the Viking uh, uh, religion is exactly the same. They just changed the names. We talked about that. Okay. So all of what is being taught is the creator is flawed, and the, basically the creator is just a human. In fact, the creator is a child. And if you watch the movie, 
um, that uh, um, that oh, uh, Christian Bale, where he played Moses. If you watch that movie where he plays Moses, they actually depict God as a vindictive, hateful, jealous eight-year-old boy. Instead, first as the burning bush, but then after that, this child appears to Moses as God from that point on to the rest of the movie. Moses, an adult human male who has only lived about 45 years, is wiser than God and has a, a conversation when God gets angry and is going after Ramses II and wants to hit Ramses again and again and again and again. And Moses says, it's been enough. Haven't we done enough? It's been enough. We should not torture them anymore. And then this eight-year-old God becomes enraged and he screams at the top of his lungs in anger. No! He must be punished! I will see him! And throws a tantrum in front of Moses. Now, that wasn't them mocking. Okay? Most people would take that on his face as they were mocking the religion and that those people who wrote that story that that they were actually trying to show you that the religion is false and bad so you would have hebrews claim that the christians did it because they were trying to discredit the hebrew religion and the christians are, are saying that not the hebrews did it because it was based on their stuff they're saying that somebody nefarious was doing that the truth is and that's the only reason that Christian Bale would take that movie. If you guys know anything about Christian Bale, he's he's a, a like when he gets into character when when he was filming as Moses, he was Moses in his everyday life. He is very a method actor to the point where when he was Batman, he was Batman, and it drove his wife nuts because they would go out to dinner and he was either Bruce Banner or, or Bruce Wayne. Sorry, Bruce Banner was the whole Bruce Wayne, or he was Batman, uh, depending on what scenes they were getting ready to film or just filmed. So she was like, he would embarrass her because he was acting as talking like and acting like Batman. But that's the way he was. That's the way he is. And that's why he's such a great actor. I'm not saying everybody should do that. I'm just saying some people get into their character and it really look at Mel Gibson. A lot of people want to say he's this crazy Nazi drunk guy. But the man, when he did all the way back, when he did, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, when he did just the scene in the Christmas scene where he went crazy in the in the tree patch when the bad guys were there after he did that scene and finished it it took him a couple of days i hear three entire days to get back in his normal mindset because he had gotten so worked up to be crazy in that scene and the one where he was going to shoot himself and the other one where he jumped off the roof those took a couple of days as well he got so into that character to become that, to be so authentic on screen that he looked insane, that he actually scared one of the actors. If you look at the, they left it in. It's one of the outtakes that they talk about it in the interviews, where when he was when he was doing the scene in the trees uh, there, where they were selling the Christmas trees, and he was in there. If you look at one of the characters, he got so crazy the character looked at him like, "Oh my God, this man is nuts." That was not acting. That was his actual response to Mel Gibson in that scene. Because Mel Gibson scared him, because he was—he literally got that. I saw that happen in real life. Uh, I, yeah, doing what I do, I dress up and do the Renaissance Fair and all those things, right? The Scottish Games, and I also went to the pirate festivals. I used to do this all the time, dressed up as a pirate. And here in Vallejo, California, 
we went uh, and dressed up myself, myself and, and three or four other friends went together. We were not in Actors Guild, but everyone thought that we were. I was in a wedding where it was a Renaissance wedding, and I was one of the king's guards. Uh, and, you know, it was Renaissance, so we weren't wearing armor, obviously. And then afterwards, all of us who were in the king's possession or, or procession, we were all sitting at our own table separate. We were all sitting with the, with the entire actors because they were all actors' guilds, and there was a few of us that were not in the guild. And we were all still in costume, and we would just have normal conversations, but people were wanting to take pictures because it was just like the Ren Fair. So they saw us. When they got within earshot of our table, we would break into our characters and have conversations that in, that we would have if we were in the 1500s or 1400s or 1200s, right? And uh, and then when they would leave, we'd say, oh, after this, we're going to go to the pizza parlor and get some beer. And somebody would walk up at one point, and I said, and then I, I, I grabbed right out of uh, uh, Juan Valdez Villalobos Ramirez from uh, Highlander, uh, a conversation that he had, uh, and it was a part of a conversation that he had, and I jump right into that and most people it was so obscure most people didn't know that and i literally uh, broke into this uh, uh this uh, this uh, you know acting and i'm sitting there of course i'm in the whole thing with the feather and the plume and the hat and all the all the garb and and uh, they walk up close and i'm like and, and and then i swing down and i crash into the window and i realize when i crash into the window that it wasn't in fact the one i wanted it was the wrong window and i crash into the window and it's a harem full of women and then one of the guys, they all laugh, and they go, well, what did you do? Well, of course, I introduced myself and ended up staying until dawn. I'm not going to talk about what happened afterwards because a gentleman doesn't tell stories. And the people would just thought that's what we were talking about. They laughed. They took pictures. They walked away. And then I looked at the guys and went, so what kind of pizza are we going to get? We're going to end up finishing food here. It's going to be two or three hours. We're going to be hungry again, even after the cake. You guys want to go out? For and literally, we just broke into another conversation. Okay? So... You have to realize that all of that, I know that that's just like, where did he go with this? How did he get all the way over here, right? You have to realize that or even plugging into pretend, right, and all of this, what they're doing, right? Casey says, I heard that Brad Pitt lost his mind temporarily in a few days during and after the scene of finding his wife's head in the Yeah, that was a great scene in Seven. Oh my, did you see that movie? Did you see the acting when he did that? I'm getting chills. If you can see me, I have goosebumps everywhere. Daniel Day-Lewis, thank you. Daniel Day-Lewis is another one. Great Irish actor, by the way. Peter, thank you. Daniel Day-Lewis, in the in the name of the father, actually lived and stayed, right? He actually did that. So, and so did Brad Pitt when he did uh, um, um, a Snatch. He played Mickey O'Neill, who was a pike according to the English, an, an Irish gypsy. Uh, and he uh, was a bare-knuckle brawling champion. They didn't know that until they got into trouble and he kicked somebody's ass, but it was a great movie. He spent six months living with gypos, according to the English, with Irish gypsies to make sure that he understood and talked like they did, walked like they did, fought like they did. He lived with them, right? So you have these people that do that. Daniel Day-Lewis did it. You have Christian Bale who does it. You had uh, Brad Pitt that did it. These great, great actors and actresses uh, around the world, they do this stuff. Why is that? Okay, what, this is not akin. How, why, Leo, have you gone on to acting and people talking about that? You have to realize that that is the microcosm to the macrocosm, okay? These actors, act, actors, and actresses, okay, are playing out a character not unlike you, me, and everyone 
that is playing out this character in this avatar that we have in this consciousness. And there's no difference. If you can remember what the very beginning of what Raw said, imagine that you're on stage, that you're acting, and that you're in the mind of the creator. Okay, this was the beginning. Now let's go back to what Raw just said. This is where I show you the full circle of why I just went off on this whole tangent about acting and, and then telling, showing you where I was acting and then talking about all these people and how they got so into the parts that they themselves started believing that they were for that, that part, right? Two years, okay? I didn't know it was that long. I thought it was six months. Peter said, no, Brad Pitt stayed two years with the Irish Gypsies to get the, to, to get the name, the, the accent right, to get the name and the accent right, right? And I love that because my last name was O'Neill and he was Mickey O'Neill. Right. And to get that now, literally, and what you guys don't know, if you never saw the movie, if you saw it in the theater, this is but Guy Ritchie, a genius. Guy Ritchie, one of his movies, two of his movies that he made that I thought were the most brilliant one. Both had Jason Statham in it, by the way. The first one was Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. And the second one was uh, he's made many more, but those two brilliant. And this, so the first one, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, I recommend it. The second one, watch Lock, Stock first and then watch Snatch afterwards. The movie Snatch, if you have the DVD, has a subtitle difference between you can turn on all subtitles so that you can read what they're saying, which is good if you don't understand an English or an Irish accent, trust me, because they are thick, thick, thick. And there's more than, you know, they, they show you uh, English Cockney. Uh, they show you about five different English accents that are really hard to understand. Uh, and then they show you Irish accents, about four, uh, and mostly gypsies. There's one that you can turn on that literally says, uh, Pikey, come again. And it's only when Brad Pitt is speaking. Because he, like Peter just said, spent two years, I, I heard it was six months, but he would know better than me because Peter is, in fact, an actor, and he knows everybody in Hollywood, so he knows the inside to most of what I talk about that I know that I have not met these people. He may have met him and found that out. So when Peter says something about actors and actresses, I tend to I tend to take it a little bit more as the gospel than something I heard off the internet. So um, Pike had come again because of the way he spoke, which I loved, and that's where I referred to Afy, who was from Ireland. Who, uh, if you've watched me before, a girl who was an exchange student when I was a manager in retail, uh, she came and I hired her. I was working in Berkeley, California at the time. And I hired her uh, to work at my store because she was an exchange student. She was going uh, to Cal Berkeley, uh, which was only about um, two miles from my show, my shop. And uh, because she was uh, Irish, I, I, I hired her. And nobody understood what she was saying. Her accent was so thick, it was very close to, a, to an Irish gypsy accent. It was very, very close. Uh, so close that I understood everything she was saying because my grandmother and my grandfather uh, could throw that because of their upbringing, especially my grandfather, who was, you know, O'Rourke uh, was his name, right? As was his last name. Uh, and they were from Cork. That's West, right? Cork is in the West. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it was Southwest, but it's in, the, it's in the West. And my father was from Tyrone, which is West, right? So my clans are, are South and, and West. And then, of course, in the South, because the O'Neills were also down there. But, if, but Tyrone and Cork, is where my families are from, and those the, the way they speak is hard for people to understand. Right, so I understood what she was saying, and people would she would say something they had no idea what she was saying, and she would talk to me, and I would just answer her, and they're like, "You understand her?" I'm like, "As plain as day, she's speaking English." 
she's not using an American accent nor an English accent, which you would be a little bit more inclined to understand or one of the you know, you know dialects from America. But she is speaking. So it is rough. And you, it's, these people do that. Now, that, how does that have, what does it have to do with the law of one? It has everything to do with all of what we were just talking about, the distortions, right? The distortions of what's going on in these lessons, the, these exercises, right? Not only love and light, right? Not only the the way, but if you look at all these, what are they? What are the differences that we're supposed to be learning here? That's what we're doing as a as a, a baby soul. We're going through and learning all of these things. These exercises that we're going through are exclusive. That's what a distortion is, exclusive to each one of us, but they're also exclusive regionally around the world. Like I'm teaching myself 22 different languages, 20 to 22, it depends on whether you count um, like say Klingon as a language, but it is in effect an, an official language. It's on Duolingo. That's how official that language is. It actually has uh, all words, enough words to and spelling uh, consistent throughout the, uh, since the 60s or the 50s when it was written, the 60s when it was filmed that it's an, a language that people nerds speak right uh so my sister is is uh, brushing up on her spanish because she you know we grew up in california and she took spanish and now she's taking it again and she said started laughing and saying that she was we could talk in spanish and no one understand us and i'm like if we talked in spanish in public there'd be more people understanding us than not we started laughing but the point is that all of these languages are of what the bible said separated us but I don't believe that that was the anger of, again, going back to the, the Bibles, the way that they're set up and been corrupted, and these religions saying that God got mad at everybody and gave us all language. Language just happens when people just are living. They start saying things and making up slang words that are regional and specific to an event in a village, a town, or a country that means something to them. Right. And because of that, that you know, people remember that just like I would talk and refer to Thanksgiving and turkeys and that sort of stuff. And if you're not American, you, that doesn't mean anything to you. And if you haven't been exposed to Americans and American movies and American culture, it means nothing to you. But if you have been exposed to it, you have uh, some understanding of what that uh, means. But do you really understand exactly the weight of it? Same thing with, say, Boxing Day. In the UK, if you're an American, you don't know what that is and you don't know what that means, right? So the point here is that the first attempt, let's get to and on point here, right? The first attempt in the first lesson here is the cornerstone. So what happens is what you're exposed to by the region of the planet that you live in is going to then set you on course for your belief system and your understanding of the world from that perspective you have to be aware of that that's another trap right because now everything that you base your truths on and here again all the truths we cling to depend on us greatly on a certain point of view uh right and then uh, this uh, right here saying the first attempt is the cornerstone and the cornerstone is the building block so your your experience the first experience you have as a human and those experiences that you have and those things that you're being taught and that way of life to whatever religion you're born into, whatever politics you're born into, to whatever uh, um, um, race, creed, color that you're born into sets down your perspective for the rest of your life, whether you're aware of it or not.
And now let's go to my uh, saying, the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. To be aware of that is also part of these lessons that are being taught, one through four. And that's why the raw is telling the uh, Dawn or all of the readers that would be reading this is being aware that the cornerstone of the first attempt is what sets you in motion from that point forward. Okay, do you understand that? Do you get that? So, so in this, in there lies the truth of how you perceive things. So, to truly, and this goes to teaching of philosophy. Right in philosophy 101, if you've ever taken philosophy and had a good professor, you're taught that to truly understand and to assimilate in your mind the actual idea of someone in history, say Socrates making a comment or uh, Frederick Nietzsche saying that which does not kill me makes me stronger or Socrates saying the ignorance is bliss or um, the more you know, the more that you realize you know nothing. That's not uh, verbatim. That's a paraphrase. <laughs> to truly understand what it is that Socrates, why Socrates said that and what Socrates meant by that, you have to understand who is Socrates, when did Socrates live. To truly ring out why Socrates would say that, you have to know the past uh, leading up to why the experiences that Socrates had. If you want to bring it out. You could take it on its face value. Okay. But to hear Frederick Nietzsche just before he died say, warning to the world that philosophy is folly and that my advice to any philosopher is plug your ears and run away from it as fast as you can because you'll never answer any questions and those you answer only pose more questions and you'll never ever figure it out. So run from it like it's the plague. That is, is, is almost verbatim, a quote from Friedrich Nietzsche. But, to not, but just to hear that is not to understand why Nietzsche said that. To realize that Nietzsche said that because Nietzsche was, in fact, insane at that point, going crazy and dying. But also, Nietzsche had realized and woke up and was actually awake. And then realized that everything doesn't really mount to a hill of beans, doesn't mean anything once you actually figure everything out. Not that it's trivial, but that the it's the same as when I say, right, there goes the thing, I left the pause too long and it crashed on me. It's the same as when I, I posted on my TikTok the guy rolling a, a, a stone, a big rock, a big boulder uphill. Only after reaching the top of the mountain can the person truly after the journey is over can the person truly understand the journey okay and that's why i posted that on my tiktok because that's what that means it's the same uh, as the story i don't need these until i'm going to read something right it's the same as the story of the sufi the the very learned wise uh, uh, uh eastern philosophical thought guru who was a teacher who was trying to uh, become awake and bought all the books i told this story i told it all the time every book that he could find on all the knowledge of the world and the universe and uh, to no avail none of it ever seemed to to uh, suit his fancy he just knew that there was more to learn and 
And one morning he woke up and he realized that he was actually awake, not just awake from sleep, but he was actually awake and he looked around the universe uh, at the world and he picked up all the books that he had bought and he took them out on the front lawn and he burned them all because they didn't actually help him in a way that he now knows. And he realized that without all of those distractions, he probably would have woke up sooner. That was what Frederick Nietzsche was referring to, but there was no explanation by either one of these men because only he or she who has the eyes to see or has the, the, the knowledge to know or has the ears to hear. That's why they make those comments. They don't, usually, they don't usually use all of them. They don't say to be able to see and to know and to hear. They usually say, like in the Bible, in uh, Revelations, he who has the ears and understanding, the ears to understand, let him hear. He who has the ears to hear, let him hear. He who has the understanding, let him understand. They don't usually say eyes and ears, and they usually pick one of those vernacular. Okay? That's what that was telling. Those people who figured it out will giggle when they hear that quote. <laughs> yep, yeah, it's true. It is. Because it is true. Once you are truly awake, you look back on everything, and it's so obvious you don't understand how you didn't see it. That's the person who, again, said that you, you can't see the forest through the trees. That's what that means. That means you're looking so hard for something that you're looking right past what you're looking for, trying to find what you're looking for. Okay. So the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. So in, in the very beginning, all these stages are trying to show you that everything that I've said. So, again, this goes back to everything that I talked about prior to uh, starting Law of One. That's why I said I wanted to preface all that before we hit that, because I knew that once we got to there, that was going to be the, what we were talking about. Okay, So I wanted to make sure that we prefaced that. So realize, again, that it is a trap of the mind, but the first step in avoiding the trap is knowing its existence. So you have to become objective with reality and, and know that every, all the truths I cling to are from my perspective. Whatever country I was brought up in, whatever race that I was brought up in, whatever the background of that race is, whatever religion that my parents were trying to push me into or society that I lived in at the time, whatever geopolitical position that my country is in and what they're trying to push, whoever's in charge and whether they're a dictator or a communist or a capitalist or somewhere, something completely different, socialist, whatever is in your country, because it's one of those, monarchy, polyarchy, oligarchy, one of those. Whatever, you're, whatever you are, uh, whether you're, uh, like I said, whether you're communist, socialist, fascist, uh, whatever, right? You're, what, you're, you're somewhere in one of those if you're on this planet right now, right? Those are, there's not very many other choices of, of, of geopolitical persuasion of any country, right? monetary uh, value, all of that, the way you were brought up is going to determine how you perceive and how you make decisions about your life. So to expand your consciousness to a global position, you have to learn other cultures. And that's good because the quickest way of doing that is to sample other cultures by meeting people, eating their food, right? If you live in a, any culture in the United States or in Europe or anywhere around the world where you have 
readily available more than two or three kinds of food, then you are then you you learn that culture. And usually, the people that are from that culture are living in your area and cooking that food for you. You can talk to those people and find out about that. Use your phone, which I'm pointing to on my desk. Use your phone. You can look things up on, on the internet. So you have to realize that I, even though those people who are, in fact, nefarious, who seek power, the crazy people who seek power, because only someone who's insane would seek power. Anyone else, anyone who's in their right mind goes, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be in charge. There's no reason for me to be a, have all that power. No one should have all that power. Only people that want centralized power are people who are, are trying to have it for themselves. Those are people that are in, in service to self, not in service to others. Exclusively, you have some people that are in, in out of every single politician or government official from your city to your county to your state, whatever you call those, all the way to your country and to running the government. I will tell you that 90%, 90% of all people in that religion are in fact evil. They are in fact nefarious. They are in fact egoic and they are in fact self-serving. Only 10% are trying to do good. And I can say that because I can you you point one from any country and they're either going to be that that one person who's the 10% or more than likely they are going to be 90%. The other way around they're going to be all about themselves and making money. Okay? And they try to get rid of those people who are not because that is a religion, and you have to be objective with that as well and realize that it is a religion and see that. The first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. The reason they want a death separation of church, quote-unquote, and state, quote-unquote, is because state is a religion. It's the religion of nefariousness. And church is not, but it has become that because they've taken the, the control of that and they've changed it into that now is you can live within that and that pisses them off right because you can still go to and not be aware and go to those churches and still succeed in ascension uh, despite all the corruption that they've tried to uh, enact in the religions themselves that's why when someone says oh you're just trying to tell people not to go to churches which means that you're uh, the devil is in you if you're a zealot and you're completely immersed in, in the idol, ideology or the idolatry of the religion and that orthodoxy, you're going to see me as the devil because I'm teaching you to think for yourself. Okay? I think everybody should have free will to make their own decisions on, on what they do. And if you live in a society where people vote and you don't like the way they're voting, you should think about moving to a society who thinks like you. Right? So if you're living in a place that, that you don't agree with, why are you staying there? Oh, I'm going to make the change. You're 10%. If you find yourself in a 90-10 situation and you're the 10%, it's really hard to make change. Okay? that's So when things get that polarized, you might as well move to a place where people think like you. You'll have a lot less stress in your life, and your life, your life will be a lot better off. That's why I tell people that when they're here in America. If America goes this way, I'm moving out. Please do. Because I don't want you here either. No more than you think you want to be here. The, is, is a person like me want you here? Unless you don't see, and most people who say that are people that are just lying. They're not going to do that because they're dependent on their popularity and the money that they make here. Movie stars, actors, actresses, singers, all these people, politicians. If that man becomes president, I'm leaving this country. I've heard that from a certain group of people in this country for 25 years, and they've never left. 
You know why? Because they're self-serving. And if they leave this country, they're not going to make the money that they're making now because they're going to be a nobody in a country that's worse off than the one they're in. Okay? And they know it. But they don't say that because they are part of their religion of money-making, self-serving. And they have to say those things to get people to think the way that they want them to think so that they'll keep paying for them to be here. That's the truth of that. Anybody who tells you different is not awake and they're lying to you. Okay? Because a person who's in, in service to others would not say, I'm going to leave. I'm getting out of here. Who's coming with me? They don't even say that. Because if you say, who's coming with me, then you're asking for commitment. And then people are going to say, I'm with you. And then you, you'll have to say, I was only kidding. That's why they never say, who's with me? Come on, who's with me? I'm leaving. Who's with me? You don't hear anyone talk like that on television. An actor, actress, singers, songwriters, politicians, you never say them, they hear them say, let's go. Who's with me? Come on. Let's leave this godforsaken country because I don't agree with politics here. I don't like that guy who's in charge. Let's move to Russia. Whoops, wait, no, not there. Uh, China. Ooh, wait, no, not there. Let's say well, anywhere in Europe, it would be a better opportunity these days because there are more countries that are free, but everybody's under the same problem with the same nefariousness trying to take over. So the microcosm, me showing you the stories of actors plugging into and becoming a certain character, is what you're doing here. That's part of the knowing that is happening and that the law of one is trying to show us. To realize, the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing its existence. To realize you are ultimately everything above this. Everything that you think is, that this is, as I pinch myself, for those of you listening and, and point at my own head, uh, listening on the MP3 broadcast, you can't see me. Everything that you think is reality here, and that this is all there is, is the illusion not unlike an actor pretending and playing a part in a movie, is the illusion not unlike what you think is a dream. Oh, and I go to sleep, and when I wake up, I know that it's not real because it's, I'm awake now and I'm here. So I know that that what's, what just happened, that happens when you die in this physical body, by the way. You wake up and you're somewhere else, and you realize that where you were was, in fact, a dream. Okay, But while you're in it, and here you're stuck in it, so you can't just pop out because you don't know how to do that. Those who can practice that realize that, that when they leave the body and they see the body, they realize, I am not, I am not the body. Because the body's over there and I'm over here. We call that astral projecting or sleep, uh, sleep uh, uh, you know, uh, what is it, to, uh, spirit dreaming or spirit walking, the natives would call it. You're in your spirit the witnesser and you're moving about okay so the lessons that were there i could pop them back up on the screen let me do that really quickly and we can uh, go through that let me pop it back on the screen here and once i get it up on the screen i'll share the screen again so we can go over the other lessons here oh nice now it's opening without opening what was saved that's hilarious that's funny so now I have to actually pop that up. So I guess maybe we're supposed to end there because now I have to actually look for, when I opened it up earlier today, it opened up to where exactly what was up on the screen. And now that it's crashed this time, it hasn't. Oh, Lord, that's hilarious.
So, yeah, so I'll have to load it. So I'm not going to do that because it'll take me too long here to, to do that. Hold on. I have it here. I think it's this one. We'll find out. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I think this is the one here. So let me find where we were here, and then I'll share it on the screen, okay? So you have to realize, oops, that's too far. Now I have to put my glasses on. Bear with me for a second while I put my glasses on. You guys are seeing me looking at my monitor here, right? So you have to realize that that all of these lessons are just for, inter, you know, um, I was going to say intermediate, but they're not even that. They're really elementary lessons, right? I don't even remember what question we were on now. So now I'm going to have to find it. Yeah, see, so, okay. So it's past that. So maybe we are supposed to stop here and we'll pick it up next time. But so the so the the things that we're supposed to learn in, in, in the beginning, right, are love, wisdom. These are the general educational things. We'll just leave it off. Let me try to find it. The general educational things, because I'm trying to do it too fast. And when I do that, I skip pie and I don't see it. If I'd spend the time to do it, you guys are gonna have to watch me sit there staring at the screen in silence for a couple of seconds while I really focus on reading, right? So Everything that was learning in the beginning from birth into graduation is general education. It has to do with love, wisdom, all of these things. But you have to remember, again, that, and this is part of the first uh, four lessons, is that the knowledge and understanding that, uh, that everything that you see and perceive is directly related to your own distortion, right? To the distortions that are unique to you. And the distortions are your individual thought processes based on your individual life from the beginning of it. And you have to realize that. And then going back to what, what I was explaining where the knowledge to truly understand and ring out what a, what a person is saying is you have to get into their head and understand why they said what they said in the time uh, that they lived, where, when, how, what the geopolitical uh, uh, moment was in history that was happening, right? Uh, to, to understand that, to fully ring it out. And then I got into actors and actresses and showing you how they were doing the same thing. A story was written or they were playing a character that was from history and they would do research to, to get into that part, to truly ring it out so that it was authentic for you, the, the witnesser, to believe that they were portraying properly that particular character, i.e., uh, Brad Pitt being Mickey O'Neill, um, you know, uh, uh, Christian Bale doing Batman, uh, you know, all these different characters that we we're talking about, but uh, Mel Gibson doing, um, uh, you know, playing um, Gibbs, right? The crazy guy from Vietnam, he literally immersed himself in who's this guy? He was in the, in the Rangers in Vietnam and he was a sniper and he was in Vietnam and here we are and this is 1989 it's supposed to be like 1986 he's literally only 10 years uh, back from the war that he fought when he was 17 18 years old and now he's a cop and uh, his wife was murdered which you, they rang out in the further movies you find out it was by South African governmental officials who were in fact like the mafia that were running uh, South Africa, but they were South African, 
and they were here in the United States and they were and he was in the way because he was investigating them. So they murdered his wife, but he didn't know about it until it unfolded. And they tried to kill him and he found out that they murdered his wife. And he was suicidal because everything that happened to him in his life, everything that happened in Vietnam screwed him up. He gets back here to America. Then he gets spit on. You have to you have to go into the character. Being in 1989 when that movie came out, most of us had the memory of what happened in the 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. I was born in the 60s, but I understood because of growing up in the 70s into the 80s, I understood how what had happened to these men when they came home, these men and women who came back to the United States after being in that war and how they were treated uh, politically here in the United States by people. So then you have a lot of them, and I knew a lot of them, family members and, and things like that. So I understood a little bit more. If you watch that movie and you were from Ireland or the UK, you don't understand that, but you can then say, oh, well, we had the Falkland Islands and I know guys, because I know guys who came back from the Falklands. And I met a couple of guys at pubs. I used to go to all these pubs. Right? I saw people from the UK all the time. And it was a guy who showed me a scar that he had from shrapnel. <laughs> and he was almost ashamed because he got a Purple Heart, their version of it. Uh, he got a wounded medal for being in over there in uh, in the Falklands fighting, and it was from a ricochet. He's like, it wasn't even like the guy took a beat on me and shot me. It was a ricochet, and he was laughing about it. I got shot. Here's this bullet wound in my leg, and he had the scar, right? So I understood that uh, more about that, what was going on. So only what you perceive, all the truths we cling to, are directly related to a certain point of view, ours, Okay. And to, so to know that is to realize, and that's part of the shadow work, and that's the first four right here. We'll get into that again next week. We'll start with one, and we'll go two, three, and four from the beginning next week so that we can ring out the other the other three. But you'll see that 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 is literally me saying the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. So that is teaching you. Uh, to look inward at yourself and to also see that and this is the the vernacular that they used when you look at someone else see the creator when you look in the mirror see the creator not just to see a person and and to know them truly you have to ring out where they came from and be aware of that who they are where they were what their education is what race are they and how were they brought up what religion were they brought up what political persuasion were they brought up but you also have to go beyond that and dig to get yourself into that mindset. That's the first step in avoiding this trap, as I point at my head, of knowing of its existence. So to look past the ego when you see someone else, and if you are in, in truly in service to others, when you look at someone else, if you're seeing them on the higher, higher plane, uh, literally I'm seeing you as me and me as you, but above that we are the creator if you're constantly aware of that and become aware of that and push yourself up to that level, it becomes harder to be in service to self and to try and be self-serving and take advantage of someone because you realize that's just being, I'm taking advantage of myself or someone could be, that's the whole purpose of the uh, do unto others as you would want them or as you would have them do unto you. That's what that meant. It wasn't just in a 3D, it didn't just mean in a third dimensional do to people what you want to have done to you. But that on a base roof for children, that's the beginning of that tale and what that means and what that entails. But on, on a higher level and, and moving up through the spectrum of your education spiritually, it still means the same thing. And it takes a higher and higher uh, uh, turn to uh, the weight of it because of your understanding or your capability 
of he who has the eyes to see or the ears to hear or the mind to know. So as you become, this is where we talk about, Casey and I've talked about this, but many, Peter and I've talked, many of you uh, separately outside of here and collectively outside of here have talked about going back and re-watching and re-listening, re-learning everything that we've already known. You must unlearn everything that you've learned. So when we see something, a movie, 20, 30 years ago, for those of us who are in our 50s, to go back and watch that movie again when you are awake, you go, well, how did I not see all this the first time? Well, you were nowhere near capable of understanding that message at the time. Because everything, whether writers, directors, producers know about it or not, because of who we are, it's not us reading into because that doesn't happen. Trust me, all that is, is ego telling you, well, that's just people reading into it because they want to believe that. That's ego. And anybody who thinks that is egoic because they're trying to prove something and they're self-serving. If you're truly not and you're looking at something objectively, not subjectively, to be objectively, to when you're looking at something, you're being completely open and honest about what you're seeing, you see things and go, oh, man, I didn't, I didn't see that. And so it's not you're reading into it. You see it and then you realize that now you understand or understand or perceive the knowledge that was there that you didn't see before because you were not prepared for that, because you were not capable of understanding on that level before. So that never changes. No matter how wise you think you are, no matter how awake you think you are, that's one of the 21 lessons or 18 lessons of Merlin, depending on which version of the Merlin accounts that you that you take from the sword and the stone to Arthur that he tried to teach Arthur when Arthur was nine and again when he was king when he met uh, Lancelot on the bridge and uh, he bested every single night that he had so now the king who's pissed off was very rash was now going and acting like his father who was very rash and uh, was going to fight, and he breaks the Excalibur in doing so, and almost dies and almost kills uh, Lancelot and himself for doing so. But prior to that, he goes to Merlin, who's standing on a stone in the middle of the river trying to catch a fish by hand, and he says, and as he's talking, he's looking at the fish, and he says, look at him. Look at him. He's beautiful. And so Arthur looks up at, at Lancelot, thinks that the wizard is telling him to look at Lancelot when the wizard's talking about the fish, but the lesson is still the same. And then he says, you're going to find that there's someone or always someone cleverer than yourself. So last thing he said to, uh, to uh, Arthur before Arthur went and almost killed himself, killed Lancelot and broke that which could not be broken, hope. That was what the sword represented was hope. And that was when, because of that, because of his ego, that was when the, the beginning of the end started and the waning until he actually thrust the sword after they fixed it into the spine of the dragon. That was when Guinevere actually had an affair with Lancelot. He found them and he shoved the sword in the, the ground right in between the two as they slept naked where he found them after they had had sex. And from that point, it was uh, really it was the downfall. And then it was easy for his sister to then show up and pretend and make him believe with her magic that that was his uh, wife and had sex with him and got pregnant uh, with him. So he's, he inseminated his sister who got pregnant and had a son who was now the bloodline and the usurper to the throne and 
because of that, it took all of the energy you would have to know about the religions of the Druid and the Wiccan religions and energy, the Kundalini energy, and they understood that. And that's why they separated the religion into two, masculine and feminine, because they understood the Kundalini energy. Uh, and I'm not going to get involved in all that, but but they understood all of that and the balance of energy. And that's what we're going to get into next week is the, the balance of the energy. So we're in the beginning now in the first uh, four, and then it's going to move progressively into the energy of balancing once you are aware of uh, of the the cornerstone is the first attempt and that's you where you're born right we talked about that then you move into uh the learnings and teachings uh that you uh, have find in your area and then as you globally grow and become aware of that that expands your consciousness and then when you go beyond that from your your city and this happens to you naturally you go from your house as a baby to your town your school and your little town that you then pretty soon you understand that you live in a province or a state or something whatever you call that and then you realize that you live in a country and then eventually your learning teaches you that you live on a globe on a planet and then your then your education goes beyond that and you expand out to a solar system and then you expand out to the knowledge that there is a universe right that's the microcosm to the macrocosm that is your spiritual teachings and learnings starts the same so it starts with the cornerstone and we use the cornerstone vernacular and raw use the cornerstone vernacular because as builders as people we know that when you build something you put you set the cornerstone that's the first stone set for that sets the tone for and the shape and where everything else is going to be located uh, around that stone so if you know anything about building you understand that so that's the starting point why the vernacular of your first attempt is the cornerstone. There's my explanation of that. I know it took me a while to get to it uh, directly, but I've already said it four, five different times. <laughs> that's, the, that's the sixth different way of me explaining that to you. Okay. Uh, and I usually do seven, but I'm not going to do that. We're already at almost six o'clock. So then you, so you're on to that knowledge and to know that is to help you ring out yourself. That's the beginning of what Carl Jung uh, said was the shadow work is once you are understanding or aware of yourself, then you have to get to know yourself completely. So then you have to look into yourself and say, who am I? Where am I from? What was what were, was my upbringing? How was my upbringing? And then when you become aware of that, then you go, what were the things that happened to me that are culturally, they're negative. And then you start learning about that and learning about that. You have to be honest with yourself. And to do that, you have to set it aside your ego. You can't let your ego be aware uh, or in charge of that because the ego will will uh, either give you nothing but guilt, give you nothing but shame, or give you nothing but praise, or nothing but jealousy. It's going to give you everything negative. It's not going to give you anything positive. So you have to become aware of all of that, right? And then, hi, Brianna. Welcome. And you have to become all aware of that. So that to know that about yourself is to realize what is the cornerstone. What is it that, uh, where do I come from? That's lesson one or exercise one. And then you look at everything that you've learned and that's the, you have to unlearn all that you know. You have to un unknow all that you know, unlearn all that you have learned. So then you have to look at yourself objectively and say, this is where I come from. 
where am I going? What is it that I'm trying to achieve? And so to, so quickly, Raw goes uh, into right there in that first lesson, first experience, first example of uh, when you look at other people, see the creator. When you look in the mirror, see the creator. So Raw jumps from the cornerstone and then learning about yourself to also realizing the other extreme of that, that you are in fact the creator and so is everyone and everything else around you. So when you see other people, would you treat the creator that way? No. And then you look in the mirror and you see the creator. Would you treat the creator any other way? So to realize, that's the let him who is uh, without sin cast the first stone if you're Western Judeo-Christian. That was why Jesus uh, taught that when they were going to stone to death Mary Magdalene, let he who is without sin cast the first stone, which means that, it, that it, it, if you are judging this person, you're judging yourself because the only way that you can judge this person is to accuse this person of what you can imagine that that person has done. Okay, And for you to imagine that, you're seeing yourself as that person. Well, if I were that person, I'd be a whore. So what did that person do? Well, the only way that you know what a whore does is because someone has taught you or you have been a whore or you've had sex with a whore right so you've either seen it you somehow you were taught it you you can't look at someone when someone says that person was a whore and go i have no idea what that even is so what how am i supposed to stone that person i don't even know what they've done wrong well let me tell you what they what the whore is how do you know that well i, I don't know that because i know it from um, I, I know that because that's what i was told well how do you know what someone told you was the truth do you see that's the first step in avoiding the trap is knowing of its existence. Don't trust what people say. This goes back to all the way back to what I said in the very beginning. For those of you who just got here, uh, you don't know. But those of you who were here in the beginning and were going, what the hell is he rambling about when he's talking about how the Anunnaki changed and, the, and, and that? If you believe Zacharias Ditchin said the truth, then you think that that's what that meant. Then... From that, in 2012, Giorgio Sukalos changed what he said into those from the heavens came. So now it's a whole race of people. And then between 2012 and now, the whole race of people started to be calling what well, we're now called the Anunnaki. The words Anunnaki translated by Zacharias Ditchin didn't mean an entire race of people. It meant the God Anu came from the heavens to earth. So one God came to earth, not an entire species. But Giorgio Sukulos in 2012 changed it to those from the heavens came. That's not what that, those words, none of those words mean that. And then Stitchin's translation is completely wrong. His words were translated wrong. It did not mean the god Anu came from heaven to earth. It, the, the actual translation by scholars who actually know the Mesopotamian language say that it was Anuna, one word, not Anuna, key, but Anuna. Key. And Anuna did not refer to the Greek god or the Akkadian god, Anu. Anuna meant royalty, prince came. Key meant come. So the prince came to the city. Now, those words, the prince came to the city, mean an entire species who have now replaced the Nephilim off of the planet, which is now referred to as planet X or planet 10, which is not planet 10, which is a, a planet, the, the planet Nuburu, that's a, that was a different race of people until the Anunnaki took over in the minds of people. Do you see the progression? Because nobody fact-checked for real and said Zechariah Stitcher was wrong when people proved it. They went, no, nah, I'm not buying what that guy had to say. 
because you want it to be the God from heaven came. And then Giorgio Tsoukalos, to further the, the, the whole alien thing, said those from the heavens came. Those words don't mean those from the heavens came. Those words are, in the wrongful translation is the God Anu came, not those from the heavens. But he said that on purpose with a smile on his face because he was trying to say aliens came here. So now people then took the words that should mean those from the heavens came and made the word Anunnaki mean an entire species calling themselves Anunnaki. And now that's morphed into, in 2022, to Marduk Anunnaki. Marduk from the Mesopotamian god, the great-grandson of, of um, Tiamat, who was the savior character, has now become a part of the name of the species Anunnaki that has been invented. My point here is that this is where things go awry without the education, without fact-checking. So... This is the same thing that happens to us if you leave your ego in charge. The ego makes up what it wants, and children see things from a different perspective. All the truths we cling to are directly related to a certain point of view, and we make up our own story, and then it becomes something. To the people who lived in the Pacific on that island, when the Americans showed up with their fighter planes, which is so outdated now, it's a prop plane, they were gods. And those people believed they were gods who flew there on their chariots from the sky because they had never seen another human being off of their island. So they didn't know that other people lived anywhere past where they lived. Okay, The same thing happened to the Japanese at that exact same time when they saw African-Americans fighting in the military for the Americans. They had never seen somebody with that kind of dark skin before because they lived in Japan. And they lived over in the Orient, and all they saw was Chinese and Japanese people. This is true. So when they got here and they saw black people for the first time, African-Americans, they were like, what the fuck is that? And, of course, people in service to self looked at them and said, those are our night fighters. We breed them that way so that they can fight at night. You can't see them. Someone said to them, and they believed it. So they believed that, that Americans, white people, had bred people to be specifically dark, to be warriors to fight at night. Because they, those people... That wasn't the entire country or the government of Japan. They knew Africa existed, probably had been there. But to the people that were fighting there, those men who were not educated enough to realize that, so they had never seen that. When the Americans went to Vietnam, the Vietnamese people had never saw Americans before. They'd never saw Viking people, European people, except for the French who were there prior, and the French were not as big as Americans, and there wasn't definitely wasn't any Italians or Native Americans, so they called us long noses and jolly green giants, jolly green, because the average uh, Vietnamese male was about five foot three, five foot four, and the average American at the time was six foot one, and we had long noses. I don't because I have a small Irish nose, but when you look at Italian people and different different races that are American, they have longer noses, right? So they uh, were calling them long noses. Because, you know, Vietnamese men and women have little teeny noses, like most Asians. They have small noses, right, because their features are different. So this is just in our modern uh, time. This is modern. This is in the last 70 years. Now, go back 2,000 years to when there's a flood, and everyone just knew that it had to be God being angry with the world because people were wrong. And the religions are going to tell you that. 
because they want you to listen to them. So they're corrupted and they're nefarious and they're going, God is uh, vengeful and God is angry with you. Okay. Uh, and this happens all the time in uh, throughout time because they know that you're not educated. Look at um, the kingdom of heaven, which is a true story. The movie kingdom of heaven. The entire thing happened to Balian who ends up following his father to the Holy land because his brother, which that, that part of the movie, they didn't show you unless you watch the long version. That part of the, they didn't tell you that the priest in that town in France was in fact Balian's brother. Okay. Who was evil, who was in fact uh, uh, in service to self and jealous because he was in fact in love with Balian's wife. Balian's wife, they didn't even tell you the backstory there, committed suicide. They did, they gave you that, but they didn't tell you all of what. The, the child died in childbirth, their kid. She was distraught. She killed herself. So the religion of the time, the Roman Catholic religion of the time, he was Catholic, uh, taught that if you were a suicide, you would first of all go to hell, and secondly, they chopped off your head because you couldn't, you would have no head in hell. And they believed it. Balian believed that. But what, what happened was the guy, his brother, stole her silver cross that she was wearing and had it on. And Balian, when his brother was saying, you need to leave because their father showed up, it wasn't his brother's father. They were half-brothers. But his father, which was played by Liam Neeson, shows up and says, I'm going to fight in the Holy Land and I might not uh, live, so I wanted to come and tell you that I am, in fact, your father, that I knew your mother. Right, and that it wasn't that he didn't rape his mother, but that they knew each other, and that they had, she had had him, but he left to be a a, a warrior because he was young and stupid, and now he's in the crusade, and he's and he's trying to make amends because he's become uh, awake more than he was, and he's become more spiritual, and now he wants to make amends and tell his son, "I'm your father. I apologize. I have nothing to give you, but my love." Uh, and I would like for you to come with me to maybe uh, we can figure out how to save our souls. He didn't know that his, the, he knew his wife just died and that she committed suicide, but he didn't know what happened after that. So then he kills his brother when he finds out his brother stole his wife's necklace and he sees the cross and that's how he burns his hand because he kills his brother. And the necklace uh, uh, breaks off and gets in the fire and he grabs it and burns his hand. That's how his father sees it and sees his hands wounded. And then uh, says he says to his father, "Can if I go to the Holy Land, can I save my uh, soul and maybe save my because I've murdered and I've murdered a priest uh, and can I save my wife and he said let's go find out together okay all of that was controlled by the church in whatever that you do you commit suicide that's a sin they don't get to go to heaven so they're using all of this ego in your mind to control people so that they would be living in fear but they would still come for their education to them pay them a tithing and keep the churches running join the churches and do all that stuff. This is what they still do today. But I'm not saying that religions are bad. Now know that if you're here for the first time, which I'm sure that whoever's left here now is not, but know that in case you're hearing me for the first time or seeing me for the first time, that I do have four religious titles, two of which are one's Catholic and one is Christian ministry titles. So it's not like I'm coming from a standpoint of hating religion, um, although I don't believe in Orthodox religion because of their corruption. But you can... If you're not aware of their corruption or you can uh, see past it, and this is what was being taught. Why did they go around in the circle? Last lesson. Last last one uh, lesson. Because if you can become aware that that's what's going on in the churches, but I'm going to see past that, 
in the mirror, I'm going to see the creation. When I see the religion, I'm going to see the creation. You can overlook all of the human problems. And this is what you're supposed to do in everything. So this is me ringing out now through an entire, here's the seventh uh, parable, right? It is, I do seven. If you give me enough time and don't distract me, I will give you seven. So all of that that you just saw was the example of control in real life that they put down to a movie so that you saw that in religion and, and specifically Western Judeo-Christian religion. And you can then to get back what Ra was teaching here in this first lesson. If you, when looking at a religion, if you look past the religion and don't see the child that is the religion, don't see all of the problems, don't see and don't judge because of their misgivings, go back to what Jesus said, let him who was without sin cast the first stone. In looking at a religion, you can still ascend through these religions, even though they are all 100% corrupted into money-making schemes and business Ponzi schemes for you to uh, not really learn how to ascend, but to stay in their seats for the rest of your life, right? But you, it doesn't mean that you have to be caught in that and that you won't. Because even if you don't know, those who are blind to it, and this is going back to Ignorance is Bliss by uh, Socrates, if you, even if you're blind to it and you don't know, you're unaware of it, now let's go to uh, Crocodile Dundee, not knowing, not caring, still living a great life. If you're not corrupted by it, Ignorance is Bliss, if you're not corrupted by it and you don't let it touch you, you will be untouched by the corruption. So you have to make a decision to either be completely untouched by it, by, by ignoring its existence. And this is what, what Ra was teaching in that first few lines there of the first uh, exercise that a person can choose not to have any part of any religion or any philosophical thought or any knowledge of the law of one and still ascend. Or you have the knowledge, but you can't be in between. Once you get past a certain point, there is no return. You cannot unlearn or unsee what you've seen because whatever that you see and learn is going to then, there's the building block, it is going to, when you hit a certain point, it's going to set the tone for your understanding and belief system going forward. That's why I tell people when you get to that precipice that there's no going back from here. Once you unlock the knowledge that you know from here, there is no returning to uh, having absolute no knowledge whatsoever uh, of what's going on because you can't unlearn it once you see it. So I warn people when they get to that spot, you're at the place where when you look at this is where Merlin was talking about looking into the eyes of the dragon and seeing the dragon for uh, all at once in its whole existence. That was the lesson being taught there and in the movie, the, uh, the Excalibur 1982, or if you read any of the books, The Sword and the Stone or The 18 Lessons or The 22 Lessons of Merlin, you will see that lesson being taught to look into the eyes of the dragon. And that is how he condemned the sister, Morgane, he said, and he popped up and his eyes glowed red and he became the dragon. And he says to her, look into the eyes of the dragon in despair. I cast you into oblivion because he forced her to see the entire dragon as one. And the dragon represents all, it was the three energy, all that is uh, nature and time space to see all of that at, at one, not just the part she wanted to see for power, but to see the entire yin and yang together. And that is what he's uh, showing you here, that you can live without it. That is the ignorance is bliss part that comes in from the philosophers. Or you can learn it, but you can't do both, because once you know it, you can't unlearn it. 
because to know this thing, you have to unlearn all that you knew as a child. That is what is being taught here, and that's why I want to go back, and we will next week, and we will literally ring out just the first four uh, lessons there and go forward uh, from that. So I know that was a lot to say, but if you now go back and, and reread or, or play that part where just that paragraph of the first four and then think about everything that I said after that, you don't have to watch me all over again or listen to me all over again, but just listen to that first or read that first uh, 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 paragraph, just the first one, and then think about everything that I just said after that up to this date. And you're going to go, oh, wow, he did literally give us seven different versions of teaching the exact same thing. And that was what Raw was getting to there. Isn't that insane? <laughs> right? Casey says, I really wanted to go to Light Club tonight, but I'm out of, of town staying at a friend's house, and I have no place to do it. But this class I can listen to with my earbuds on the couch, right? So you can go back, Casey, at any time and listen to it. And, I, in fact, I, I encourage everybody to this point to now, because if you didn't catch everything once I said it in the beginning, which I did, uh, and then when you get to the point where the where the lessons right there were being taught, and then everything prior after that, I, I suggest that you do go back and reread that. And if not, we're going to recover it. We won't do all of one. I'll let one play, and then I'll go to two and three and four, and we'll hit on that. So we'll let those play again like we did, like I did here, but I won't go back and do an hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours just on one because I've just already done it. This entire day was dedicated to one, two, three, and four. So if you go back now and re-listen from the beginning, or remember, if you have a good memory, you're gonna go, holy crap, he was so was already feeding us everything before we started. He was giving us a short version of everything he's given us since then. Right? <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying you shouldn't come to the live case. He said, I, really, I always love catching the replay, but I. I really love being here live. No, I encourage everyone to be here live. The reason I say that is because you guys can ask questions and make comments, and I'll take the time to help you. And that's why I started the chat. If you're interested, anyone who listens to this on Messenger, you don't have to be a fan of Facebook, but on Messenger, if you go and you look for or go to Facebook long enough to go to Orion Rising, the page, you can then find a link to it. But otherwise, you can just look in the Messenger and do a search in Messenger. And you can find, I'm going to have to link it in the in the description at, at some point. You can find Law of One class chat in Messenger uh, or find somebody who's in here that is in this and ask them to give you the link and or find me and they ask me for the link. And you can go to the class chat, in which case, if you have questions, you can then post them to the class or to me in that class chat uh, after the fact. And I'll answer whatever it is that you have uh, a question for. And if not, you can always message me personally via Messenger. I use that because it's easier than me saying, oh, this app and that app and that app and this app, uh, right? Because I, I'm on a lot of apps, but I try to use Messenger because it seems that a lot of people will uh, tend to find things and, and discuss things there. And you can ask any questions that you have. Some people just message me on Messenger that listen to the MP3 file and message me personally and ask me questions or, or make comments. That, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that do that. Uh, that I'm, you know, during the course of each day, I'm answering questions uh, and talking to people. Those of you guys know that. Some of you know that because you've had conversations with me. Sometimes they last six or seven hours, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And sometimes they last three or four hours, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Those of you who are out there who know that because we've had conversations that have lasted that long. And, and you would be surprised because, like, there's, there's only, like, four of you in the crowd right now. 
and two at least of you in the crowd I've had conversations, but I would say that probably 30 or 40 of you out there listening to this will go, oh, yep, I had one of those conversations that lasted half a day because that's what I do, right? Not that I'm just a person who talks and rambles and rambles and rambles, although my conversations do go on. Just like this, if you go back, there hasn't been a single part that I've talked about that was, in fact, me just going, in 1872, and it has nothing to do with anything. But, you know, Cousin Neb got bit by that squirrel and bit off his nibble. I remember that because the ambulance that picked him up, that ambulance was the number 97. And the number 97 reminds me of that time. Remember that time, Blanche? Right? Remember that, Blanche? That time, 97. What does that mean to you? 1997. That's right. That's when your husband fell in the lake that time after and he came out all muddy and has nothing to do with anything. It just has to do with rambling, right? It's not that. I sound like that. And some people go, oh, my God, you ramble so much. Those are people that are that don't understand that what I'm saying are actually parables. And sometimes it takes me a little while to get to pull, draw that back around. But if you listen long enough, I talk fast too. And that, that tends to some, if you don't keep up with me when I talk and don't tell me to slow down, I start getting like a Irish gypsy. <laughs> Peter knows what I'm talking about. If he's still here, he'll laugh his butt off. I start getting like an Irish gypsy and that's in my blood and we just get going. Right. So in Denise, yeah, right. You can keep up. Casey can. We've had conversations. Casey keeps up. I've, I've had many conversations in the few years that I've known Casey. Some live on the air, as a matter of fact. Uh, we've had a few conversations, and she can keep up with my – because she talks just as fast as I do when you get her going, right? It doesn't take her long, and she gets going as fast as I do. But a, a bunch of you are that. Peter's that way, even though Peter talks really slow most of the time. He's a, he's a slow cadence guy, but he has he's like Abraham Lincoln. He has few words, right? Casey says, oh, yeah, and starts laughing. She says, laugh out loud. But Peter has has less words than I do, but says more. That's why I love him. He's my brother. I love him. Um, he's he's our, our, our battery, right? A lot of you guys know that if you've ever heard him speak or you've ever spoken to him uh, or in one of the chats, you realize that he is, even though he's so slow, he's methodical. You know why he's here, right? He knows why he's here, but he's human. Right. All of us are born into this family, into this this human body. And we came here legally. So we're bound by it. And we have to do shadow work, too. We don't get a break. We get to skip a little bit. Right. We do get to do that. If you're a wanderer, you do skip ahead a little bit faster. You don't have to learn everything all over again to 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 graduate. You have to relearn what you know. But you've also decided that there are certain things you want to work on. Uh, it's just like I'm doing a language on Duolingo and there are certain things that I practice over and over again because I know that I'm not really good at spelling. I've never been really good at spelling. And when it comes to European languages, even though 60% of the words are shared, most of them are said slightly differently and every single one, depending on the country that they're in, is spelled completely differently, right? Because of the way that they speak. And the, uh, especially if you use the letters, the English letters that we use, those are Futhark translated into modern uh, day and we've added a few things like we took the compound lettering from uh, Gaelic, you know, the Irish language and the uh, uh, Welsh language for the compound lettering and we and we uh, use that all the time and then added like the T and the H being the th sound. That doesn't happen in any European language except for English. All the other languages don't have a th in there. They have different uh, letters that mean that. Some like the W uh, for instance in four European languages for women, for woman, the word for woman is spelled with a K and a V, a K and a V, 
make the make the sound that that we now use for huh, but we add the h into to the w which is in fact double v's so uh, the kv comes out v vinen women we say women it was it was vinen and depending on the country whether you're uh, svenska or, or, or norsk or norge or or one of the others they, they say it, each one says it completely slightly different Right, but most of those four countries over there use the same word for woman, which we use as a W O or W E M E N, W O M E N, depending on whether it's woman or, or women, and they use the K V because they didn't have a W until modern time. So, like I'm fluent in Futhark, Elder Futhark, and Swedish Futhark, which is completely different because they have a Z and a W, <laughs> right? And the P is different. Uh, there, there's two different P's. One is the two C's going one backwards and one forward, and then then there's the other one that has the little loop and then the hook and the little loop. So it looks more like that uh, as a large C, which is, means some completely different. It means a P. And then there's the one that, that is the line that you would think that was a P, but it's in the center, depending on what how far back you go with that language. And I, I taught myself that a long time ago. So I, I'm fluent in Elder Futhark. And then I, I that's why I'm not wearing the shirt today. But I have a shirt that says Grim uh, Grimfrost. It's a Viking world, Viking clan. It says Grimfrost, and it's in modern Swedish uh, runes, Viking runes. Uh, and so the G is different than the Elder Futhark uh, for the word uh, Grim Grimfrost. Uh, anyways, so that's neither here nor there. But again. To understand Vikings and their culture, ancient, to understand what we call Futhark, which is their writing system, and to understand Elder Futhark, which is the oldest version of it on record in history, you have to know the people at the time when they lived and where they lived to understand that. Again, that is the first step in knowing of a trap. That's the first step in being aware of and to fully understand or understand. You have to do that with yourself as well. And that's the full circle to that knowledge. So true knowledge only comes from looking within yourself, and every religion has taught that, and it's been corrupted out of most of the religions to tell you to look in, internal so that you don't. It's, it's getting you to look external, to look up into the sky to a, to a hidden God that no one's ever seen or you can't say the name of or you can't draw a picture of because it's blasphemy and you'll be murdered for doing so, right? I mean, look at the, at the different religions now. You uh, you can say Allah, but if you draw a picture of Allah, they'll murder you over it, right? In the Hebrew language, it was he who has no name. You couldn't say the name, right? And then eventually there was the, a couple of different names that were that came up that would mean the word God. And, and even to use the Lord's name in vain, to say the name of Jesus or the name of God with a negative is a sin and you could go to hell forever. It's a guilt. You're looking at external this is why we're teaching today that you're the savior that you keep looking for. And this is why that you're supposed to be looking within. Jesus tried to teach that. Most of these people throughout time in the very religions whose ideologies have and you look to the sky, though their people, if you pay attention to the one who is their prophet, that prophet was teaching you or their God that itself was teaching you to look within yourself. But they've taken that away. That's why they buried the Dead Sea Scrolls. Right? So, what is that? Casey said one of our admins, one of our yeah, one of our admins in our Dragonfly uh, Intuitive knows 
Futhark. Oh, see. Uh, does she know Elder Futhark? Which version? Because there are like 15 different versions of Futhark because the uh, of all Norway, Finland, Sweden, uh, right? Germany, even Germany, uh, all the countries that are uh, that are in Northern Europe that are Viking uh, countries. And then when you go further into the South, even the Irish and the Welsh, they have a version of it as well. Uh, and then when you come through time, like in Sweden, there are four different Swedish versions of it. So if she knows Futhark, find out which version, whether it's a modern Futhark or elder Futhark. Uh, but it's probably elder because most of us, if you start learning Futhark, it's Casey, as she says that, I'm not sure, but I think it's elder. Most people who learn runes uh, for the casting of the runes or anything that has to do with the, that religion quickly becomes aware that there are many different versions and they try to learn all of them, but they always go for Futhark, for elder Futhark as quickly as possible. It's just the nature of the beast. You want to go, well, how far back does it go? That's the one I want to learn first because it's literally the official language of Vikings from the beginning, as far back as we know, unless there's something that's found before that. And then you learn whatever that might help you in the modern era, uh, because if you pick up, go to the store now or order online a, uh, a rune casting kit, uh, depending on the country it comes from, if it comes from Sweden, chances are it's going to be modern Swedish runes. Uh, and, uh, and you're going to have most of the symbols being normal, but with the example of P's, W's, and Z's, uh, which were not, in fact, in that language um, until in, even to today, are in that language. You don't, you will not see a Norwegian word with a W or a or a Z in it, at all, and, and a lot of no Y's either, right? So most of the languages that are in Europe today don't have a Z or a Y or a W or a P in their language. Um, some of them adopted a P quickly, and then others, as time went on, with the Futhark, with the Viking runes, adopted uh, letters from the English alphabet, which are influenced by the Greco-Roman uh, Latin, uh, you know, Greco-Roman, Greek-Roman Latin languages uh, that gave us those letters. And so we use those in our modern English because English that I'm speaking to you right now even though this is the American version of it, uh, this this language that everyone speaks in some form on the planet right now that is considered English is, in fact, there is not a single word in it that was invented by the English. Every single word that is in it, except for slang that we use in, uh, modernly, came from either Castilian Spanish, uh, 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 Greco-Roman Roman language, or Greek language, Roman language, Italian language, Latin, uh, came from one of those one of those languages, literally Castilian Spanish, literally Greek, literally uh, the, either the Latin from the ancient Romans or the current uh, Italian, those four languages. And then if you're Southern Viking, Irish, Scottish, or Welsh, you have Welsh as the ancient language, and then offshoots of Gaelic and Gaelic, the Irish and Scottish language, and that influences the modern Irish, Scottish languages and Welsh languages. Uh, and their English is also, that's why the Irish don't say uh, father with a TH. They still say fodder, uh, unless they've been brought up uh, very English schooling. And then they'll use the TH. Otherwise, there is no TH. That compound letter was added later, and they don't have it. <laughs> so. You'll see that there. So, but that again, to know all that, and I'm going to be eventually calling myself a linguist once I become fluent 
in the languages that I'm learning, which may end up being when I'm about 70. I don't know. Because do you ever truly, uh, are you ever truly get to the end of knowledge? No. So uh, no matter how much I learn, I'll still be taking courses that are uh, more fluent in, you know, uh, in, in speaking and stuff like that. Uh, I pick up the words and memorize the words and the translations very quickly. It's actually spelling and writing words that I have the hardest problem with. I had that problem with English, right? So spelling is my hardest thing. And that's what slows me down learning any language is, is the writing. Learning a language, I can learn a language and not know how to read it or write it. I can read it. I can then read it. I can identify it and read the words. I memorize those quickly. But to remember them, to write them, took me, oh, I'm 55. I still don't know all of English to write it all. So I know that that's my biggest problem that I have to work on. That's why I'm taking the time to do it. Because I could go ahead and just and just learn. There's plenty of apps that don't teach you how to spell. I could just learn how to say and listen to the words and say them. And I'd be, I'd be fluent quickly in every language. I have a knack for it. But I wouldn't know how to read or write it. That's, I wanted everything. So I have that burned into my brain. Philosophy, the, the, the idea, the Greek word philosophy means the level of knowledge or the knowledge of love. That is, I have that bug and I have to know everything and I want to know everything. And you can never know everything. So that is what I do. And by the time I die, I will, whatever I learn, I'll take with me and only I will know it, but it'll be added to the collective consciousness that you guys will realize later. And everything that you have learned will also be added. We all contribute. 100% of everything that we learn. And some people do math, and that's all they want to do is learn every kind of math that there is. I'm a linguist and a, and a theologian. I want, to know, I want to know everything about cultures. I want to know everything about their history. I want to know everything about their religion. I want to know everything about their language. I want to know everything about their culture, their food, their way, they, everything. It's what I've done my entire life, and I still do that to this day. And that's how I base all of my everything on, just like you do individually. Okay, I went on a half hour longer than I was planning to. Um, but all of this, if you're paying attention, is not rambling. It goes back to that. Did, did all this on purpose. And next week, we'll get into the rest of the, uh, of the lessons right there in the first four and move forward past that uh, into um, all of this over and over again, right? And, and all the things that we ring out from that. So you guys have a great weekend. I hope you guys, if you are, in fact, uh, uh, in the West, I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving um, if you're American, yeah, I hope you had a great Boxing Day. If you're over in the UK, I believe that's today, unless I got that wrong. I believe that the Boxing Day, unless that's in fact Halloween and the day after Halloween, I think it's the, it's the same time as this. But either way, I apologize if it's not. If you're in a country that didn't celebrate a, a Thanksgiving of any kind uh, uh, in this weekend, and you're not celebrating a Black Friday, but retail has probably touched you, so you're probably still having a Black Friday, right? <laughs> Have a great weekend. I will see you guys uh, next week and uh, we'll continue to do this and look forward because I am going to add a day when I can, uh, probably after the first of the year after the holidays, because right now it's a little harder uh, to do that with family and mom. Um, but I am going to try and add a second day uh, and, and then hopefully cut it down so I don't do three and four hours and you know on each day. I'll do like two on each day or an hour and a half. We'll see what happens, but I am going to try and because there are more fans out there saying you need to go for another day to fill that and, and I'm going to stay away from that nefarious religion. Uh, I, I still have, a, there's a part of me that wants to jump back into that and tell people what's going on. But that is, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like hitting your head against a brick wall. Only those who understand what's happening, get what I'm saying. And those people don't need the knowledge that I'm telling them. 
But then there are people that come here to this and say the same thing. Like when the Oracle uh, would pop in, she's like, you know, this is basic. I'm like, yeah, it is. So for her and for those of you who are awake, if you hear this broadcast and you don't need it, you're going to go, he's just telling the story that children should already be aware of because you're well aware and well above that because the lesson of Merlin is there's always someone cleverer than yourself. So no matter how much information I think I know, there's always somebody that is going to know more than I and be more awake than I and more learned than I. And that will continue uh, until up to and until and even then when I'm returned to the source, right? And because the source is, con is constantly learning, it doesn't matter how high you go, you're always going to, and if you stop learning, then you're stagnant because there is always something more to learn. So have a great night. See you guys next weekend. Casey, thank you. She said, good night, Julie. Right. So good night to you. Good night to Julie. Good night to Denise and anybody else who's still left here uh, that, that for some reason uh, you might have typed and I couldn't see you because you happen to be on a channel that didn't filter to, to StreamYard for whatever freaking reason. Have a great night. And for those of you who are listening on the MP3 file, you can't talk to me live. I love you guys, too. You guys just you hear my voice. I love you guys, too. And you, you know how to, you guys out there know how to contact me. So questions, comments, contact me. Otherwise, I love you guys. Have a great night. Have a great weekend. I'll see you next